gentlemen. Ra ra rescue team, lover of the Russian queen. There was a cat that was really gone. This is a Fred the Productions podcast. Oh yeah. Oh yes, oh, baby. Yeah. Yes, baby. Bonnie M for the win. For the absolute <laughs> freaking win. That song is a pop and a half. Bonnie. And I was expecting it so hard. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Great minds. I heard it and I went cringe. <laughs> Ah, cue the music. I don't know what we're yelling about! We came, we saw, we kicked its ass! Oh, gosh. Uh, Are you telling me you built a time machine? Kind of a DeLorean? The way I see it, if you're gonna build a time machine into a car, why not do it some style? Who is this? What's your operating number? Conversation anyway. Hey, speaking of bops, our theme music, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. It's pretty fucking sick. Hello, hello. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, mum. <laughs> and everyone in between. Yes. I'm a Kendall Richardson. I'm a Fulia Kantarmaju. And I'm a Mad Mike Listovic. <laughs> yes, you are. And you are now experiencing a podcast called Fred. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's experiencing through the Halloween season because it's spooky. It's spooky time. It's spooky okay. season. Spooky. It's very spooky time, yes. Spooky. So for those of you listening who are not watching the stream, uh, Michael. Why? Well, first off, yeah. Shut I'm not up, sh- Siri. I'm we not don't sure, want to hear it. I'm not sure I understand either, Siri. Um, <laughs> um, Michael. Um, our wonderful co-host is uh, dressed to the nines as one and only Weird Al Yankovic. 80s version. 80s version. Fucking UHF all the way. <laughs> we got it all on UHF. Uh, amazing. Happy Halloween, everyone. Yep. Yeah. Yes. For today or tomorrow, whenever you're listening to this. Yes. <laughs> past Halloween. Yes. Or future Halloween. Or future Halloween. Just happy Halloween in general. It is the best of holidays. Mm, time is relative. Time is indeed relative. Yes. Um, awesome. Well, le- welcome to the show. We've got a big, big lineup of things to discuss. So we're just going to jump right on in uh, with what we've been watching. Fulia, take it away. Uh, had a little bit of watchings this week. So I actually had time. Mm. <laughs> Finally. Nice. <laughs> Uh, so just continuing on with my uh, my binge of Frasier, because I'm really enjoying that. Lots of fun. Um, I also got to uh, watch Stadium Fluffy, the Gabriel Iglesias Netflix special, and I loved it. So good. <laughs> you said Iglesias. Iglesias. <laughs> Iglesias with an R. <laughs> no, no. Iglesias. Iglesias. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whole joke about it in one of his specials. You have to see it. <laughs> okay, you had to be there. You had to be yeah. there. Yeah, it was. Uh, but the Stadium Fluffy special, my goodness, that man is so lucky to have had the opportunity to perform at Dodger Stadium. Wow, that crowd was massive. It was cool. huge. It was a full house, and I'm so happy for him. And the show itself was amazing. I really enjoyed it. Uh, so for those of you who really want to check it out, and you, if you like Gabby Iglesias, 
His new special, Stadium Fluffy, is on Netflix. Go check it out. Um, something else that I have watched uh, is I, I came across uh, something that I didn't know existed. And it's an old series, I think, um, about, yeah, yeah, it's 2009 when it started. Um, and it was a Britcom by the name of Miranda. And ah. it stars Tom Ellis. <laughs> yeah, it does. I've heard about this one, yeah. I watched the first episode. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Tom Ellis is... One, hunky. Yes, he sure is. <laughs> Even then. <laughs> but he does comedy really well. <laughs> so I'm so glad. I, like, I see I see why he does, you know, how why he did Lucifer so well in, <laughs> with that particular character. He is a very funny guy. <laughs> yeah, I hate those guys. <laughs> funny and good looking. I know. Oh, no, it's not fair. What about us? So unfair. Ugly funnies. <laughs> what about us? What about us? No. Um, so yeah, I the first episode uh, was good. So it's it's a it, okay. So from the IMDb description of the show, socially inept Miranda always gets into awkward situations working in her joke shop with best friend Stevie, being hounded by her pushy mother. And around her crush Gary, which who is played by Tom Ellis, mm-hmm. Gary, and and, the, Gary. and she's so socially awkward around him. The stuff that happened in the first episode, I was like, oh my god, what? I was even awkward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I even felt that awkwardness, and I'm like, like they're they're supposed to be friends, and they they catch up for the first time in apparently years in this first episode, and. Awkwardly, they kiss on the lips. Uh, As friends do. In the first episode, we're just like, huh, okay. <laughs> As you do. Hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to have to finish off the rest of this show. <laughs> yeah. There's only about 20 episodes, so it's a very short series, um, as most Britcoms are. But uh, yeah, first episode, funny. I'll see how I go with the rest and I'll let you know when I get, when I finish it. Um, (laughs) Nice. I look forward to your thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, the last thing that I managed to watch um, was the first half of Tales of the Jedi. So the first three episodes. Um, Enjoying it so far. I'm really loving being able to learn more about the lore, the Star Wars lore, and the fact that we're getting more um, information about characters that we already know, uh, but we're getting like their, like their prequel, essentially, mm. how they started. Um, <laughs> or where so, they were in the prequel. Uh, yes. Mm. And, you know, finding out about how Dooku's feelings and emotions were in certain scenarios. Um, when Ahsoka was born, she's so cute. Um, and, yeah, it's very interesting so far. So I'm really looking forward to watching the other half of that show. Because um, it's 
It's really good. Dave Filoni has done a wonderful job directing this, and the fact that he's also the creator of this show, you can easily tell. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's a good show so far, so can't wait to finish it off. And that's pretty much all I've watched this week. But uh, yeah, small selection, but still good. Yeah, yes, good. very good, very good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. You're um, uh, Michael, what have, what have you been watching? Um, yeah, the same, uh, the Jedi Tales or Jedi Legends or whatever. Uh, watched them all. Um, yeah, really like the, the, uh, baby Ahsoka with all her stocked, uh, stock audio, uh, baby noises. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, yep, heard that one before. Yep. yep. Heard that coup before. <laughs> yep. Heard that laugh before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it and really enjoyed uh, Dooku's story. And you made me care about Yaddle. <laughs> Didn't know I was going to do that, but <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, that's uh, that was a thing. Uh, everything else we're going to talk about later. Uh, but probably the biggest thing that I've seen uh, this week was I... Uh, got a chance to watch um, uh, Kevin Smith's new movie, Clerks 3. Ooh. Oh, how did you score that? Uh, that's on digital now. And I thought, yeah, may as well watch. Ah, okay. Yeah. Cool. I want to see it, it in nice. the cinema, damn it. <laughs> yeah, but... Mm, I don't think it's happening. I, yeah, not for, not for a long time. Um, your thoughts? My thoughts? Well, they're sort of mixed. Really, um, I'm not sure if it was a fitting end to like the Clerks trilogy, uh, but a lot of people have been saying they actually quite liked it and that and where it was going. And I can I understand that, but it was a there was a couple of um, decisions and sort of uh, 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 yeah, what do you call them? Like uh, scenarios that are dealing with dealing with them uh, that I didn't think was the right way or even um <laughs> i thought a character was done dirty <laughs> basically Ooh. so i thought and and throughout the movie uh, it's like oh i don't want to see that and then sort of end ended in a uh, uh, little bit of a somber way like clerks 2 did uh, but I much prefer Clerks 2, really, the ending for that one. And, yeah, so I need to probably sit on it a couple, uh, couple of days before I sort of judge it a bit too harshly. Okay. But if it if it's the story that uh, Kevin wants to say, then I can't really say, no, you're wrong, you don't know your own characters, <laughs> and all that. I'm not like that at all. Maybe. <laughs> but... <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I saw Clerk Three, and overall, it was it was it was enjoyable on where the characters were, and uh, definitely appreciate all the cameos that, that came out of it. But we sort of saw it in the trailer. But <laughs> anyway, and yeah, and one character in particular that um, I don't know, sort of like a sort of like a cameo coming back, and and it does it is the story of uh, Ra- Randall. Uh, having like a second lease of life and decides to make a movie uh, about his life which we've sort of seen so there are a lot of interesting sort of retelling of the clerk's story 
uh, within Clerks 3. So it was sort of meta and mm. kind of funny because I know a little bit of um, the trivia of the original Clerks movie, so I did appreciate that. But for someone who doesn't know, they're probably watching it and it's like, eh, this is weird. And why, why is this person so relevant? And why is this scene sort of relevant? So... Um, if you're going to watch it, probably do a. You're probably going to have to do a little bit of housework. Uh, no, ha- homework. 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 Housework. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah, get out the bleach. And say, not my eyes. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. Wow. It's not that bad. No, no, no. I, I, no, no, no. It's not that bad. But, but for a for a person going in like fresh faced, it's like it'll probably be a bit, bit. Eh. It'll be like the uh, power of the doctor, in a way. <laughs> I feel like that's a jab at me. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about like new new Whovians that sort of sort of discovered it um, when New Who came out. Because uh, I've been watching a lot of uh, reactions. It's like, oh, I want to find someone else that actually had the same reaction that I had of seeing all these characters come back. And <laughs> there was one that's like, I should know her. It's like, fuck. <laughs> that's disappointing I had yeah anyway we'll talk about it later we'll yeah. talk about it later yes yes more on that later anyway so Kendall oh how how was your week yes my weekly watchings well uh, not a lot of uh, time to watch a lot of stuff apart from the things that we're talking about soon um, but I am up to date on Handmaid's Tale, which is getting really interesting as usual. Um, and then of course, House of the Dragon finished. Yeah. Oh, I was going to mention that, but sort of Doctor Who sort of blew it out of the water. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That's totally fair. I watched, um, I watched House of the Dragon and Doctor Who back to back on that Monday because I had that day off. Um, and yeah, that was a, that was, that a, was a, a bit of a whiplash. Yeah. yeah, a bit of, bit of a rollercoaster. It was like I was up high because I watched it. I yeah. watched it so early in the morning and then, and then yeah. in the afternoon when I got, got to watch House of Dragons, like, oh, crap. Yeah, that kind of ended on a, on a bummer, huh? Jesus <laughs> Christ. Um, yeah, a great, great finale. Um, mm. I, I loved the conclusion to the first season. Um, I'm very excited as to where it's going now. Um and uh, without, I'm not going to spoil anything, but um, I've never been so scared of a dragon in my life, <laughs> and especially a shadow of one. Oh, <laughs> oh cinematography on this. Um, just. I'm so glad they did uh, Game of Thrones first so they actually can have the money to actually do this properly. Yeah, 100% agree. So many dragons. So many dragons. <laughs> and they look. I'm going to have so many more. So many more. And they all, they all looked amazing. Um, so, yeah. So it was a, it was a nail biter of an ending, um, but very, very good and setting things up very nicely for mm. season two. So I can't wait for that. Um, and then the other thing I, I was able to finish was The Midnight Club. Um, I found the time to, to wrap that up. And. Uh, Turns out it doesn't seem to actually be a limited series because it's set up a second season in the last episode. Um, yeah. So does many things. So does many things. But I did Google and do some research and it looks like it is the only one of um, Mike Flanagan's Netflix shows that has been apparently confirmed to um, 
not not be yeah not be a limited series so uh yeah so there's definitely a season two coming i don't think i've seen an actual confirmation from netflix though they're probably waiting for the numbers to come back i imagine Mm. um but i hope they continue it because you know i have more questions (laughs) i i mean i guess the big twist um so i don't know how i feel about that um but Hmm. um but otherwise i've only seen the first episode yeah oh you started (laughs) oh you started it nice yeah, I've only seen the first episode, and yeah, yeah the character that uh, w- was in it that I knew I was going to go batshit, it was like, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Which character? Nancy. Yes! <laughs> yes! Yeah, so cool. Like, you've done this before. You've done this before, haven't you? <laughs> Mike Flanagan is a fan. <laughs> yeah, and she's she's quite good in the, the show, Heather Langenkamp. Um, yeah. Can't wait. Yeah, yeah, you're going you're gonna to like her. Um, yeah, the whole show is, is awesome. So I'm, yeah, very happy to have watched it. And unfortunately, it's the only kind of spooky thing I've been able to watch so far this Halloween uh, week. Uh, have not had any time. I really wanted to dive into Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities because that's getting great reviews at the moment. And apparently, uh, Michael, some um, excellent Lovecraftian uh, adaptations going on. Um, nice. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I saw one article that love the work, not the jerk. Yes, absolutely. One article had the headline of um, the best Lovecraft adaptation ever made. Oh. Yeah. So. Mm. Yeah. So that's if that's an indication of how good it is. Um, So I can't wait to sit down and watch that. Hopefully this week. But uh, but yeah. Apart from everything else we're going to talk about, that's that's everything I watched last week. So I think it might be that time to dive on in to the nerdy news. This is the news and nerdy news. The nerds that talk about the nerdy news. That is us who talk about the news that is nerdy. And now the queen of nerdydom, the hostess with most S, Kendall Richardson. Take it away, Kendall. Okay, so unfortunately, we have to start the news this week um, and be a little sad for uh, a few minutes here because um, we have to pay our respects to the incomparable Leslie Jordan, who sadly passed away earlier this week at the age of 67. Um, Sadly, it seems he had some kind of medical emergency happen while he was driving, which caused him to crash his car. And then uh, he was uh, declared um, dead at the scene, unfortunately. Very, very, very sad, sudden, tragic. And too young and too soon for him, um, for a, a performer and an artist such as he that has just one of, seemed to have one of the biggest lights about him. One of the biggest personalities in Hollywood that, you know, the just the amount of tributes that came through after the news uh, broke that he'd passed um, was just, I think, a testament to who he was as not only a, a performer but a person. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think it's safe to say that a lot of people are going to really miss him and miss the laughter that he gave us, but I suppose we will have an incredible legacy to, uh, to re-watch and watch again many, many times. Um uh, I mean, I'm probably more familiar with his stuff that he did on uh, American Horror Story. He was uh, he played a few characters across the years uh, in that in that show. Um, but of course, most people will know him 
as Beverly Leslie um, in Will and Grace. Um, just <laughs> an iconic character and what a what a nemesis for Karen. Um, we just absolutely adore him in that in that show. So um, yeah, seeing seeing the Will and Grace cast especially this week, I think um, you know tweeting and, and posting pictures on Instagram was yeah it was tough to see but beautiful and um, moving nonetheless. So yeah, um, very very sad to to talk about this, but um, yeah, he will be missed by very many people. Um, Folia, do you have any uh, thoughts or, or feelings to share about the passing of Leslie Jordan? Oh, my goodness. It was so, like, shocking to, to see it come up on my feed that, you know, that he passed away. And um, I was very saddened by that, by those, by that news. Mm-hmm, um, I 100% know him from Will and Grace uh, as Beverly Leslie. <laughs> that real southern accent that he's he always had going on it was so hilarious and i loved it so much um i also got to see him perform in a show called the cool kids which was unfortunately cancelled after i think it was like a couple of seasons not even um where it was about you know the form the four main characters uh, of the show living in an uh in an aged care home uh and they and they it's a sitcom so they they have all these little antics of trying to find a way to you know to leave the home because they don't want to be there so they'll do anything to get out because apparently it's prison to them and it's <laughs> mm. it's just it's a lot of fun uh being able to um to see uh to see him perform uh you know and it was absolutely hilarious and I loved it so much and I was I was sad when I found out that it was uh, cancelled because obviously ratings wasn't enough for the for the show to keep going but um, I really enjoyed the show so it is definitely worth checking out if you ever get a chance um, and yeah just Will and Grace was probably the most prominent thing that he was absolutely known for and he's also made you know some cameos in other shows and films um, so it was really nice to sort of get to know him a little bit that way. But he's he was such a he was such a funny actor, and he's definitely going to be missed. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Michael, yourself, any any feelings, thoughts on um, the passing of Leslie Jordan? Yeah, unfortunately, I haven't really seen many. Well, if any. Thing that he's been in, mm. but having just a quick devil in his uh, IMDb, he's very prolific uh, character actor, especially on TV, mm. and he's been in a lot of stuff and and like Boston Legal and all and all those other ones, uh, and also just going down. Uh, you probably might like this, uh, Kendall. He's going to pop up in a in a in a uh, in a in a Friday the Thirteenth movie. Oh, is he? Yeah, so you we'll uh, get get to him then eventually in our uh, rewatch. In you and Wayne's uh, watching of uh, our Friday Thirteenth fearsome Friday series of Fred Watch. I won't say which one because it can be a nice surprise. Okay, I, I'll, <laughs> I'll stop scrolling through his IMDb trying to find it then. <laughs> yeah. yeah, don't go past ninety three. Okay. 
All right, I look forward to seeing seeing him show up in there uh, whenever we do encounter him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, very prolific uh, guy, Peewee's Playhouse. You know, he he knew what he was doing, and yeah, it's really sad. To yeah. Really hear about his passing, and also I, I know a little bit like uh, apparently. Uh, throughout the lo- the lockdown, like with the pandemic, uh, mm. he, he was huge on like um, like the internet, just talking about his day and to- talking about when when he got COVID and and how he lived his life because he, he didn't really have much to perform with, so he just said, "Well, this is my day," and a lot of people like found it, found him out through there. So he's sort of prolific on online as well so he he is a meme onto himself and may long he he reign as meme person (laughs) meme meme god and yeah and yeah and definitely i'll uh, probably one of the things i really want to get into is american horror story yeah yeah it's 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 a very interesting show I, i will just quickly say like it's it it starts off really strong its first couple of seasons and then it kind of like it it, go, it goes up and down in terms of its quality and it gets more campy the more comfortable Ryan Murphy becomes with the sh- type of show he's doing yeah um which is interesting but there's some really really great horror stories no pun intended um <laughs> being told within that show so it's if you're a horror fan it's definitely yeah. worth your time i just need to get over that that first uh, season hump. Well, season one isn't that bad, really. It's not. My, it's not my favorite season, but it's. I'm not, not saying it's bad. It's just me sticking to, sticking to it. Mm. Yeah, true. Like being like, okay, I'm. But the the cool thing is about it, where whereas like they have since gone out of their way to say that the show is all kind of set in the same universe. Um, mm. Each season is like a bottle season. Like you, it's just an anthology, really. You can you can watch one season, with the exception of season eight. That's the only one because that's a crossover season, a series. Okay. Um, but every other season you can watch individually. Yeah. Yeah. As I say, it's something that um, I've been meaning to get into, but just finding not really finding the time, just finding the the urge to just, just keep at it until until um, my my cup is full. Mm. Yeah, so maybe I need to watch that before Firefly. Haha, I got it in again. <laughs> the memes are real. <laughs> the memes are real. Jesus oh, Christ. Boy. Wonderful. All right, let's move on, shall we? Sure. Um, okay, so we're going to continue the news by jumping into some MCU content because... It seems we have another Disney Plus series on our hands in the form of Vision Quest. Jesus Christ. I don't like this title. (laughs) Well, let me just say, there is another movie titled Vision Quest from 1985, and it's R-rated. Oh, the saucy Vision Quest. Oh. We love to see it. Um, <laughs> saucy. Saucy. Uh, yeah, okay. So just to break it down, um, apparently there is a project at Marvel in the works at the moment, either called Vision Quest or, uh, in, in quotation marks, the White Vision Project, 
um, that is about to get underway with in terms of a writer's room. Um, and it's going to be focusing, obviously, on Paul Bettany's vision, um, more specifically, white vision that we saw in WandaVision. Um, yeah, so uh, a lot of us have been wondering where exactly uh, Vision was going to pop up again, considering he's kind of roaming the Earth or the cosmos as kind of a shell of his former self, really. Um, no idea as to where he would pop up. I mean, of course, we know we're getting Agatha Coven of Chaos uh, very soon as well. Um that show will be uh, also uh, executive produced and written showrun, I believe, by Jack Schaefer, who um, worked on uh, WandaVision, of course. She was the, the creator of that. Um, so she's working on uh, Coven of Chaos, and it word is that she will also be um, heading up Vision Quest. Um, so change yeah. the title, goddammit. I know it's. A, I hope. <laughs> oh God, I hope. Yeah. Anyway, we don't like the title. I think that's clear. Um, we don't really know much more uh, than than this. I expect we'll probably now get some kind of announcement uh, on the uh, Disney investors call, the investor thing that happens every uh, December, I believe. Um, or November. Or November. It's it's late. It's late in the year. Yeah. So soon. So we might get some confirmation as to what's going on. Um, I would love some confirmation. I would love a new title. I'm sure. Well, I'm hoping they have 2020 vision about the project. Full year. But um. Wasn't that like two years ago? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they're doing good. Fulia, um, how are you feeling about this? Like, I'm, I mean, I'm excited for you know to see Vision again and to actually get some answers maybe about what's going on with White Vision. But how are you feeling about it? Um, no, I am kind of curious about what happens to White Vision. So I'm, I'm glad to see that we're actually going to get a continuation of his story. I suppose. Yeah. Um. So. I, yeah, I am looking forward to more information about this show, um, what we're going to get from it, uh, and you know how long the series is going to be. I have a feeling it's going to be a limited series. Um, it probably won't last more than like one season. So, um, but yeah, I would like a new name, <laughs> just like you. <laughs> a better, a better title for the show, please. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know because people will start getting confused with the aforementioned movie that I <laughs> said at the top of that. <laughs> we don't want to go there. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's it. Look, it's exciting times. Hopefully, we'll get some more information soon. I would say it'll definitely be in the in the investor day probably. Um, Maybe maybe a little teaser trailer if they're if they've got something, um, but yeah, looking forward to it. Excellent, excellent. Um, me too, Michael. Ew. Um, what do you make of this announcement? Um. Mm, doesn't really grab me whatsoever. Could could we make it as uh, like uh, the specials now instead mm. of just having a whole series or something? Can we just 
have like like an hour like an hour for something and then we're out mm. because it's starting to be like work gonna watch it do we like it yay or not but throughout like a couple of weeks just i know you need to set up what what vision is doing does that mean vision is coming back and he's involved with the the west coast avengers and all that it's like i get it but we're getting tired we're getting kevin fatigue (laughs) and and yeah i know it's it's weird. We're, we're supposed to be excited, but it's like, yeah, it's just the title just doesn't doesn't grab us. And who knows? Maybe it is uh, like Vision Quest from 1985. I mean, I'm up for that. It's got Matthew Modine in it. You know, Papa. Yeah. Papa. Papa. Forrest Whitaker, too. Yeah. Oh, oh really? Yeah. Very young. Yeah, having a look at the. I didn't scroll down. That's my fault. <laughs> so, anyway, when is this coming out, Kendall? <laughs> Who knows? Um, yeah. Who knows? Probably 2024 or yep. five. I don't know. We'll see. I do like the idea of it being a special instead of yeah. a series, though. I think that. Mm. I don't. I, yeah. Unless they like, have plans to really delve into Vision and maybe bring back Wanda, um, then, yeah, I don't see how it needs to be a whole series. Yeah. I wouldn't mind it just being, like like I said, a limited series, but only being about three episodes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it doesn't... I don't think it really needs to be longer than that. If they don't want to put it in as just one whole, like, movie on its own, it can just be, and do like, it like three, a Net- epi- three episodes of, like, an hour each. Yeah, mm. do it like a Netflix thing and just just dump the whole lot on one day. Yeah. Like like they did for for um, Jedi uh, Tales. Tales of the Jedi, yeah. Tales, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Tales of the Jedi. <laughs> yeah, that one. And, yeah... I get benefit that and so watch it all and it's like, yeah, this is great. Nice nim 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 num num. I'm a good consumer. Nom 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 nom. Just one day. One day. Nom nom nom. I love it. Just like the end all sort of putting down three three episodes all at once because it was it was great. It was it was a good uh middle uh good start, middle and end of uh where we're going at as the show is. So Um don't work harder, just work... Uh, what's the word? Don't work harder, work... Work smarter. Work, work smarter. Yeah. Yeah. Because, come on, it's, we're getting a Loki, we're getting all this stuff, just, you know, just, just pat it out for a bit. Just calm down. <laughs> yeah, slow your roll. It's like, slow down. DC, crossing the pond. Let's let's get to this interesting kind of unexpected turn of events. Um, it seems that uh, Warner Brothers Discovery has found its Kevin Feige, nay, two of them, because uh, as newly appointed heads of DC Studios uh, under new name as well, new name. 
uh, under uh, David Zaslav, the CEO of uh, Warner Discovery, we now have James Gunn and Peter Safran, co-CEOs of DC Studios. Um, Co-CEOs. Co-CEOs. CEOs. CCCOs. Yeah, co-CEOs. 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 Yes. Co-CEOs. This was, yeah, a bit of a shock announcement this week. Um, But a welcome one, I I think. Um, Yeah. I mean, we were talking only last week, speculating about what... uh, you know, new project for, for DC James Gunn was working on. And lo and behold, he's working on all of them. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Every um, single one. Every single one. You get a DC thing. You get a DC thing. Gary Um, Oldman, what do you think? Yes. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. So this is really exciting news. Um, I, yeah, there hasn't been a lot else announced just yet, but you know, they're going to, the two of them are, teaming up and uh, James Gunn will be heading up the creative uh, side of DC uh, and um, uh, Peter Safran who is a, a producer who's already worked with Warner Brothers before on DC projects um, yeah with Shazam and that yeah Shazam he's a producer uh, Aquaman and the Suicide Squad um, so yeah so he's a uh, you know, he's got some skin in the game, which is good. He's got some experience. So he's going to be handling the business side of the studios going forward. Um, so this is encompassing the film, TV, and animation, I believe, um, yep. aspects of, of DC. So, yeah, um, I'm excited. I'm so curious as to, to what direction our our universe of, of, you know, DC film, TV, and animation is going to take now. Like... With someone like James Gunn and Peter Safran at the helm, like I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like this is this is the kind of positivity we need for uh, for this franchise. Um, you know, especially after a lot of the controversy and messes we've had of the last few months. So I'm so excited to see where this goes. Um, yeah, I can't wait. Um, let me see, Fulia. Do you do you have any thoughts? On this, like, are you, I know, <laughs> like, I know we've been, we've, last week I was kind of asking you if you would watch a DC project that James Gunn would make. Now he's going to be making all of them. Um, how, <laughs> Have you got a choice? Do you, yeah. How, <laughs> how, how is this sitting with you? Does this entice you more or do you still kind of feel the same as you did? Well, talk about a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Wow. Talk what about hell? One hell of a pay rise for him. Yeah. Talk about and getting pay- fired from one studio just to dabble in their studio and said, oh, do you want to run the whole thing? It's like, yeah. <laughs> well, let's you, see Disney. what ideas you have. <laughs> <laughs> Play them out on the table. And yes. yeah, they were pretty happy with what they saw. Yeah. <laughs> Weasel's dick. <laughs> um, look. I it really it really depends on how they take the the DCEU essentially um the whether or not they're going to continue on from where they've left off so far whether they're going to um you know I don't know maybe sort of start fresh again I don't know um 
I mean, it's a possibility, but the fact that they've already sort of started going into, you know, with Suicide Squad and then going into the, the series of Peacemaker, I feel like they might just continue on with what they've started. Um, the fact that it's James Gunn now leading this whole um, this whole show, essentially, um, it does entice me a little bit, but it really depends on what they're going to give us. Um, in you know the I I need to I need to see what films they're going to give us because you all you you all know that I'm not a huge DC fan myself, uh, but. I I do sort of dabble in some of the films here and there. Um, I'm just not sure whether or not the fact that James Gunn and Peter Safran running the DC studios is really going to entice me even more. I just I, I need to see it for myself. They need to show me something. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's it's not going to be much of a enticement essentially. I know they do great, like they they do a great job on whatever they do. Um, I'm just, yeah, just being a a non DC fan, it's a little bit difficult for me to say that it's going to entice me. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah, that's that's totally fair enough. Okay, well, I guess we'll see how it all works out. Yeah, down the road, uh. Michael, where do you stand on this? Good news or bad news? How do you feel? Yeah, I think this is really good news. Um, they needed, like, unfortunately, that uh, for years they were saying, "Oh no, we're not like Marvel at all. We don't need someone in charge. We we can do our own little thing, and uh, and we can just start up a, a universe by itself, uh, and just do it within three movies." No, uh, failed experiment. Uh, try again. And so, yeah, I do welcome the fact that James Gunn is doing it and Peter Safran coming back uh, to, to hone everything for it to be um, its own thing, but also roughly in the same vein as what the MCU is do- doing of making them more lighthearted. I, I can sort of see, like, uh, coming from all the, all the stuff that was actually semi acceptable coming from fans uh understandable like with aquaman and shazam and the the suicide squad and and not being akin to uh, dare i say this night of this even though there are remnants from uh, uh there, there are remains from this night of this and you can sort of see that in peacemaker and and also within shazam as well especially for the last uh the la the the last shot of that movie. I'm not gonna spoil it because I think Fulia, you might you might enjoy Shazam. Uh, yeah, it's something different that DC was doing, like making making a essentially if Big uh, Tom Hanks's Big was a superhero film, and that sort sort of thing. It was sort sort of like a a kids adventure, but with a superhero lead, and. And it's more lighthearted than than most of it. And there I say, the Suicide Squad uh, was a little bit more lighthearted than than most. I mean, yeah, it was gory and it was just it was just for a 
sadistic like me, I just, I just had fun <laughs> seeing 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 people's heads blown off and all and all that, mm. and uh, and uh, Nathan Fillion's arms getting absolutely shredded with shrapnel. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so good, so sad. I know, but <laughs> his arms weren't attached to him. That's true. Yeah, they they were over here. And he was on the floor screaming because he can feel every single bullet going into his arms. <laughs> Unfortunately. Mm, yeah. But is he still there? I, I, I think he's just running around with no arms. Anyway. If Weasel survived, <laughs> surely. I, I don't want to see that abomination. That thing was creepy as hell. Well, Weasel. Yes. <laughs> Sean Gunn. <laughs> Sean Gunn is hilarious. He's yeah, he a is. very good actor. Yeah. I just did not like that character. <laughs> well, you know, you sort of remind me of Stitch. Hey! <laughs> Stitch is cuter, thank you. Yeah, that's cute. <laughs> I'll fucking blow him away with plasma rifle. You shut your mouth. <laughs> you shut your mouth, you... Yeah, so coming back, I think it's DC. They needed to do something like this, and it brings me more hope for the future because Marvel needs a rival, and yes, DC so. is is the man that needs to step up. And uh, not to get into the next item of the menu, but uh, <laughs> um, maybe there are different elements like being reintroduced. And mm. making it more lighthearted and and more hopeful than mm. Schneider and his attempt of uh, superhero films. Yes, um, mm. and hope being the key word there because um, we had confirmation this week uh, from the man himself, Henry Cavill. He is returning as Superman. Ba 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 ba. Oh, Hmm. so good. Yeah, so he's coming back. Um, It's not an official confirmation of Man of Steel 2 just yet, uh, but I suppose... Call us something else, please. Yes, call us something else. Uh, I suppose it's going to be more likely that uh, we'll have a sequel anyway or a continuation of his Superman story. Um, I'm still hoping, uh, well, we've talked about on the show before of, uh, you know, the Flash movie doing the Flashpoint paradox and resetting the timeline, you know, or doing multiverse stuff. So I'm hoping that this is kind of going to be a reboot similar to what the Suicide Squad by James Gunn was of the Suicide Squad by David Ayer. Um, just, (laughs) just, just a rebrand, a refresh, because... I love Henry Cavill as Superman. I think he's incredibly good casting. Um, yeah, but they all are, I, yeah, including I, Batfleck. Yeah, oh, excuse me, hundred percent Batfleck. Yes, um, I definitely like Batfleck. It's just yeah, what the material they had to work with was not suitable. Um, not that it wasn't good, it just wasn't suitable. And uh, yeah, I want to see what Henry Cavill can do with a more faithful take on Superman or a more I don't know. I swear, just hopeful. A hopeful take, yeah. Not not this dark and dreary, uh, yeah. Jesus allegory. Nihilistic, <laughs> yeah, sort of take on Superman. Um, I get it. I get yeah, it. yeah. So, yeah, 
So we'll see what happens um, with that. I'm I'm looking forward to whatever eventuates. I'll I'll check it out for sure. Um, this kind of also segues into the um, attached story to this piece of news that just broke today at the time of recording. Um, that um, Henry Cavill will actually be stepping down um, from his role in The Witcher. Um, he will no longer be playing Geralt of Rivia anymore. Um, and Liam Hemsworth is going to be taking over the role going forward from season four onwards. And as someone who's only seen the first episode of the show, but is fully aware of the intense fandom uh, surrounding The Witcher and Henry Cavill's portrayal, um, I don't think this is a good idea. I think they should have just ended the show. Yeah. Because <laughs> Liam's going to have to uh, take some bulking up advice from his brother, Chris, um, because... He's, and it's going to be very painful. Yeah, he, yeah. He's because because Liam's traditionally we've not we've never really seen him guns blazing in this manner before. And because because Henry Cavill in The Witcher is cut like insanely, like almost as insane as uh, Hemsworth in Love and Thunder, Chris Hemsworth. Um, so yeah. Um, no official word or confirmation was given as to why Henry Cavill stepped away, but the reason I link these two stories is because I think they're directly related. Um, I don't think it's a no, I I think it's a a complete no brainer for, for one to affect the other. The fact that he's decided to do Superman again, I think that's, that has to be related to him stepping away from the Witcher. Mm. Um, but yeah, I'm just very surprised at Netflix, um, I mean, look, season four of, of, of any show on Netflix is generally, unless you're Stranger Things or The Crown, it's generally around the time when you need to start to panic about your your uh, longevity. Um, relevancy. Yeah, your relevancy. Because uh, they, they tend to cancel and or end a lot of shows around the fourth season on Netflix. So um, I just find it very interesting that they decided to continue. I, I It's probably a money reason. Um, that they like, they've probably committed all these funds to the production and they can't pull out, or they want to because it's such a popular show. They want to actually continue the story for the fans. I don't know. All contracts have already been signed, and, and that it too, was still in motion. That it's too. Like, oh shit! What do we do? Yeah, legal now, uh, legal issues as well. Now that Kent's coming back to Smallville. Yes. So yeah, so interesting. Um, I really did. I will say I did appreciate the uh, camaraderie between Henry Cavill and Liam Hemsworth on social media today, um, watching their them posting, you know, their separate announcements that were kind of linked to each other about, you know, just them complimenting each other and talking about what an honour the playing the character is and will be or has been and all of that stuff. So it was handled very well, but I just, I don't know if I agree with it. So... We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how that goes. Um, but I can't wait to see Henry Cavill as Superman again. So, yay on one front. <laughs> Fulia. Yes. Uh, that was a big info dump. But um, <laughs> um, <laughs> do you have any feelings either way on this? Because you, obviously, we know you're not a huge DC fan. But, um, and The Witcher, I don't think you've, you've checked out either. But, um what are you? What are you? What are you thinking about any of this? Do you have any comments? Uh, well, Spoiler with that the, 
<laughs> With the fact that um, you know Henry Cavill's returning to the role of Superman, it's an it's definitely you know a no brainer as you said that he would no longer be playing the role of the Witcher anymore. Um, it just it it just makes sense because it, it'd be very hard to commit to both projects at the same time. Um, and especially with, you know, the intense, um, rehearsals he'd have to go through for both of them. Um, not to mention, you know, the, the amount of, I'm going to say green screen work and stuff or the CG stuff Mm. for Superman. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm pretty sure the Witcher also is going to have a lot of that sort of hard, um, CG work as well. Uh, and a lot of the, uh, most specifically just like the battle sequences and you know making sure that he's in shape but you know you need to be in shape for differently for those characters so mm. you know there's the witcher you know body and then there's superman body so he, he can't really balance both at the same time unfortunately mm. um could be the mm. same though yeah, it could be the same um there's always padding. but <laughs> But yeah, no. It, if they, if he's coming back to to the role of Superman, it, it only makes sense that he would have to exit The Witcher. Um, I am surprised that he's coming back to being Superman after the you know the the last time that he mentioned that he said that he wouldn't do it anymore. Um, but I guess he got a good deal out of it. Is probably the reason why they he decided to come back. Um, and maybe with the new um, with the new people in power of the DC studios, maybe he decided maybe they'll actually have a better idea of how to continue on with the Superman story. So, mm. Chef Gun. yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. We will see. Um, so I'm just scrolling through Tumblr because it's you know my favorite. Because it's Tumblr. Because it's Tumblr, and as I know, because you're a 15 year old girl in heart. Always. Kiwi. 30, 30, 34 on the outside, 15 internally. Um, You're inside of... No, no. <laughs> Don't even. Um, anyway, I knew... Yeah, I know how much... I know how much Tumblr loves The Witcher and Henry Cavill and the reactions are not disappointing, especially one that you guys will like if I can uh, get it to work properly. But basically, it's, it's three images... Uh, it says exclusive footage of season four, and it's a picture of Geralt, and then it's a picture of the Doctor regenerating. Oh no! And then it's Liam Hemsworth's <laughs> face photoshopped onto <laughs> Henry Cavill. jeez, uh, oh, that's fucking hysterical. Um, anyway, God bless you, Tumblr. I love you. Um, that could have led to a good segue. segue. I know. I know. But now I have to talk. And now you have to talk. Look, sometimes I make mistakes. No, it's not a mistake. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Michael, tell, tell us how you're feeling about the fact that uh, The Witcher should be ending and Superman is continuing. Well, uh, The Witcher was... Um, a Netflix show that I was uh, meaning to get to as well as Umbrella Academy and all, all that because it looked like uh, it had a decent fan base 
um, well, not really a fan base, but a following that continued on, and, and it looked very interesting. Like I, I haven't played any of the games. I know there's like extensive lore with it. It's a bit like Halo in a way. Mm. Uh, but um, the first episode, uh, I haven't seen the first episode, but I've seen the first episode of Halo, and I thought, eh, not for me, yeah, unfortunately. But but yeah, it's it is unfortunate that they're they're losing their main actor, their, their main lead uh, man, and they're they're reintroducing. And it's kind of good that they tried to do like it's like yeah, they tried to say, hey, this is the new guy now, and it will be all right, I suppose. But uh, who knows? Um, something like this could make or break a, a show, like. Yeah, Doctor Who has done it like countless of times, but it's Doctor Who. It's uh, but it could be. Um, I suppose the only thing. This is going to be a a weird tangent, but it it does remind me of um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> Bear with me. Um, in the, I want to say 2012 uh, reboot of the show. Uh, that had uh, it was the CGI one, which oh. I actually, that actually quite liked because mm-hmm. it actually took from various uh, things like from the movies and from the original TV show, uh, original TV show, as well as the comics, and they sort of meld them up and sort of made it its own thing, which was great. But um, Leonardo was one uh, was vo- uh, was voiced by Jason Biggs of. Um, uh, American mm. Pie fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is the one that put the dick in the pie. Uh, <laughs> yes, for those playing at home. <laughs> yeah, pie fucker. And pie fucker. Pie fucker. And and uh, he did a couple of seasons, and then they change. Uh, then he decided not to do any more, but they wanted to continue, so they put Seth Green in. And they didn't sound similar, but they sort of explained it in the show. So. They might uh, explain the difference of face in the show, but I don't know. They're sort of, sort of similar in in likeness. Um, if you shave shave his face, uh, um, Liam's face, uh, you could possibly get away with like oh, it's a bit weird. I mean, the crown's the, the crown's done it like was it four times now? So mm. so it's something that's not unheard of. But I think it's up to the fan base if they accept it or not. And who knows? That's... Do we think that Liam Hemsworth has the same strong jaw that Henry Cavill has? No. I think so. He's a he's a Hemsworth. No, I don't think he has a like he doesn't have he's got a bit of a softer jaw. He's yeah, he's definitely the softer of the three brothers, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I suppose no no chin can be Henry Cavill's chin. <laughs> no. He does have a Superman chin. Yes, he does. And uh, he, you know, all Supermans have got that sort of chin, like, like angular and straight and just hot. Anyway, sexy, um, sexy, especially with a mustache. Um, <laughs> come on, make that joke. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this whole thing was very much reminding me of the mustache gate incidents. That's for sure. I mean, if he's going to disguise himself uh, uh, just wearing glasses, sure, surely they can do do like an offhand joke. It's like, 
Really? You're going to hide your appearance just with a pair of glasses? What about what about a mustache? Wink. And or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, that's my spill and Doctor Who tangent um, segue. Insert right Doctor Who tangent here. Yes, because um, that brings us to our final story of nerdy news this week. And that is the fact that Doctor Who uh, is going to be out outside of the uk and ireland i should say will be mm. will be streaming on disney plus exclusively exclusively so um for those of you who are like us living within australia we have you know had the entire time as far as my knowledge is aware um, 50 plus years 50 plus years doctor who has aired exclusively on the abc here in australia obviously it's uh streaming on stan um as well the older seasons but when new uh episodes and specials come out they are on abc uh that will no longer be the case going forward uh the abc confirmed as well so that means when the 60th anniversary specials uh kick off in a, a year from now, uh, they will be streaming exclusively on Disney Plus. Um, so yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. I don't know how I feel about this as someone who is very new to the Who fandom. Uh, um, new I, to Who? I'm new to Who. Um, I I feel like there might be a lot of people that'll be happy about this. I feel like there might be a lot of people that won't be happy about this. Um, but at least, you know, the, the UK and Ireland residents, um, who have obviously have the BBC mm-hmm. that will not change for them. And I suppose the, they're the strongest, uh, fan part of the Doctor Who fan base is located there. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Um, they also unveiled a new logo for, for Doctor Who, um, which to me looks very, uh, reminiscent of the, uh, older logos from Classic Who, um, at least. That's how I kind of read it. 1973. Um, 1973? He. Ooh. I know shit. <laughs> oh, well, we'll get to you in a moment, will we? Um, yeah. All right. But yeah, so at least it's it's airing on a streaming platform that I already have. So there's that. Thankfully, it's not on Paramount+. Plus. Um, Fulia. Um, yes. How do you feel about this? Indifferent or yay, nay? Uh, look, as as a as a new Whovian, um, I've been watching it on ABC iView. Uh, on so that's the the ABC on demand streaming service. Yeah, but it's it was it's free, so that anyone can just log in and watch it. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that they're bringing it over to the uh, to Disney Plus, which is a paid service. Behind a um, paywall. And the fact that um, it's only going to be to those who are outside of the UK and Ireland. So that means it'll still be airing on BBC for them. Hmm. BBC um, player in that. Yeah. Uh, it's... I, I'm, I'm in two minds about it because it's... It's nice to know that I can have um the series that i've been watching only most recently in the last few years in one place with everything else that i have been watching like you know all the star wars and the marvel um but at the same time i feel like for those whovians 
who don't have Disney Plus are now going to have to pay for a service that they didn't need to to watch this show. Mm. Um, and I, it's, I don't know. It's 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 kind of unfair in that instance, but I, it is, I suppose, Disney's way of trying to get more members, more more subscribers, um, which is fair enough, you know. Business capitalism, blah blah. Um, oh, that capitalism. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan. Um, no, yeah. So even though I already subscribe to Disney Plus, um, I still feel like I, I don't know. I just I I don't like the idea of it being on Disney Plus. It just seems a bit unfair for the people who don't have the the service. So I don't know. No, that's that's a really good point. Uh, really mm. well said. Yeah, um, yeah, a, a good perspective in this argument for sure. Um, Michael, I I'm guessing you're feeling the same about that, maybe. Yeah, I'm sort of two minds as well because yeah, in Australia we've we've always had it for free on our uh, publicly ac- uh, publicly access channel of the ABC uh, in America. ABC is actually owned by Disney. Ha ha ha. Coincidence? Yeah. I think not. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we can also gra- uh, grab like old um, classic and also new Who on BritBox as well, but they haven't updated. It's like, like we haven't got Flux yet on, oh, okay. and I've just checked it, and we ha- and it's not up to date yet. So, I and there's not very much in terms of older. Ep- if you're talking the new Whovian series of the reboot of Doctor Who on Stan. That's on there, but anything beyond that is not there except for the movies and the specials. Yeah, and a couple of classic series, uh, Doctor Who's who that are actually outside of the main sort of run because some of the episodes are actually um, are missing, so they have to uh, uh, animate them with like uh, recordings of the actual episode. So that yeah, that's on Stan as well. Mm. Um, and with this, it's kind of interesting because I am in two minds that I want Doctor Who's to succeed, and this is like the 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 end game basically of it being like huge beyond uh, it has been. Like uh, in America, you can only watch it on um, BBC America, which is through their. Uh, subscription service or their their cable, so it's an added extra of. So it's always been behind a paywall and right and, and all that. Like we're we're the ones that are going to get stiffed because we don't pay a license fee like the UK, but but we do pay for the ABC, uh, but it's through our tax. But we have a different system. So essentially, Australia is going to get a a, a bum deal out of this. Mm. Like we're going to have to pay for our Doctor Who, which. I don't mind because it's some because it's a TV show that I really like and I want to see it to succeed, but I'm also a cheap bastard and I want <laughs> want shit for free. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> uh, so I'm in two minds. I want Doctor Who su- to succeed, but I don't want it to succeed too much to be like for for people who have the exposable income to actually do do that stuff. Mm. So it is an interesting thing, and it being on uh, Disney Plus is a huge win for for um, 
for Doctor Who. Like it's, I want to say it's sort of a sort of a gamble. Like uh, if the if Disney decides, okay, we're going to have Doctor Who on here for a certain time, and if there's no real numbers happening, then then sorry, we're not going to continue the contract and. And maybe there's a little bit of influence of what they can do with Doctor Who. There is that talk. Is is uh, America going to put their hands on Doctor Who, even though it is a British institution and all that? Mm. Mm, I'm not really worried about that because uh, there is a lot of good stuff that I actually quite like on Disney Plus and how uh, they can. It, it's it's a it's a weird deal that it's. A TV show that's not involved with Disney whatsoever—it's—it's it's, its mm. own thing, mm-hmm. which is the first time we've actually seen it. Yeah, it's kind of weird that it's the first of its kind on Disney Plus that they don't outright own it and can control it and and everything. So, mm. yeah, because it's like, yeah, Disney have just you know, have bought what the broadcasting rights, they don't actually own Doctor Who. That's no, right. they don't own Doctor Who. It's just the yeah. exclusive rights for it to be streamed mm. on their platform, mm-hmm. except for the BBC over in the UK. So the rest of the world has to get Disney Plus or some sort of Disney Plus to do it. Maybe yeah. it's on Hulu as well or, or something. I don't know. Mm. But, yeah. So, yeah, it's it's a weird time. It's a weird time. It is a weird time. Did you want to quickly give us your thoughts on the new logo or do you want to wait? Well, new logo. It is reminiscent of the the old logo. New old logo. Yeah, so new old logo. Uh, Not as colourful as it was before, but it's more blue and more striking in it and it's kind of cool of it being harkened back to uh, original Doctor Who, which is kind of fitting because I think when we get uh, Shudy Gatwa as... The 14th, or now, people are saying the 15th now, that David Tennant is now the 14th, but we'll get into that later, um, that there's going to be a new logo for Shooty Gutwa's uh, tenure as, right. as a doctor. So maybe this is only for the um, anniversary, because being a 60th anniversary is the diamond anniversary. Yes. And it's a diamond. Uh, I see uh. what they did there. Interesting. Mm. Someone said that, and I can't remember who it was, but I give them full credit. And and it's kind of fitting because it's from the classic era and it's Doctor Who's 60th anniversary, and can't wait for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something for us classic Who's, as well as uh, Power of the Doctor that made my heart sing. <laughs> But we'll get into that later. We'll get into that later, yes. All right, well, that wraps up the epic nerdy news segment. Um, I can't believe it's an hour and 15 and we're only finishing the news now. Oh, gosh, I love it. Um, All right, let's, without any more ado, roll on up to the trailer park. Rolling up to the trailer park where we all park all the trailers. Yeehaw. Yeah, it's trailer park time, and uh, I'm in love with this trailer park because it's just two Marvel trailers um, to talk about this week. (laughs) Uh, So I'm happy. Uh, Starting with, finally, 
our first look at Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Um, wow. Okay, let's let's go. I'm ready for this movie. Um, trippy. Trippy as hell. Not exactly what I was expecting. I uh, didn't, for some stupid reason, I saw the title Quantum Mania and my brain didn't go, oh, it's probably all going to be set in the quantum realm. Um, so I didn't kind of think that the main part of the action would be taking place there, but that makes a whole lot of sense. Uh, it looks really, really good. Although I did see one meme likening it to Spy Kids 3. I've seen that too. Yeah. Um, it looks great. It does, but that is a valid criticism. Um, It's not criticism. Or commentary. Yeah. I don't know, something. Wasn't Spy Kids good? I don't know. Spy it wasn't Kid, really. Spy Kids is Spy Kids is good, yes, but anyway. Um, I didn't me, really watch it as a kid. Yeah, that's okay. Anyway, regardless, um, yeah, very, very, very good trailer. Um, I kind of liked how this trailer was sort of, it was a mix between a teaser trailer and a story trailer because, like, it starts off with the story, essentially, of, like, how we're going to get into the quantum realm and what the story of the movie is essentially going to be. And it kind of ends that way as well. Um, But then I suppose the big tease is kind of just once we're in the quantum realm, just taking in the scenery um, and realizing that there is an entire world, nay universe that kind of lives. And suddenly we're realizing as well that, um, okay, well, obviously, uh, Janet Van Dyne, this is how she survived all those years trapped inside the quantum realm. Um, so, yeah, so I'm excited to have those questions answered finally. And uh, exactly how Kang the Conqueror is in the quantum realm, uh, I, I also really want to know. Um, and then part of me is kind of disappointed that this doesn't appear to be the exact Comic-Con trailer um, that they got either, uh, because there is a quote... Uh, from the Comic-Con Ant-Man trailer that was shown in Hall H exclusively where uh, Kang says to Scott Lang um, something to the effect of, you're an Avenger, have I killed you before? Um, And he doesn't say that in this trailer. So uh, it's a little bit different. Um, But that's okay. We'll see see it in the movie probably. Um, Regardless, it looks great. Um, I am... um, I keep forgetting her fucking name. Um, Cassie Lang makes uh, her debut, like, adult Cassie Lang, well, older teenager. Catherine Newton. Catherine Newton, thank you, makes her um, debut as the slightly older Cassie Lang. Uh, I'm trying... Stature is her name. I always... I, for some reason, my brain thinks her superhero name is Station, but <laughs> it's it's Stature. Um, Smallen. Yes, so... Cool suit. Very cool suit. I really like the suit. And, yeah, she looks she looks cool. And I'm excited to see what they do with the character. So, yeah. Yeah, it looks it looks awesome. It looks amazing. And Bill Murray. We got one glimpse of Bill Murray, um, who is apparently going to be playing a villainous sort of a role as well here. Um, Named Kryla. And I... Because I think... I even think, like... Um, uh, Kang might even be somewhat more of an anti-hero maybe in this movie because he's like asking Ant-Man for help but I don't know there's something 
dark mm. and, and mysterious behind that request. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Who knows? We'll find out in only a few months' time. Um, yeah. I I really liked it. I'm, I'm excited. And I had Goodbye Yellow Brick Road stuck in my head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was a really cool choice of song. So, yeah. Can't wait. Fulia, what did you think of this? Hey, it's Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That just cracked me up and I'm like, oh, no. Well, no one knows who Spider-Man is, so. <laughs> I straight away, as soon as I gave it my little giggle, um, and I then switched and I was like, no, that's Ant-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the the trailer looks like it gave us quite a bit to sort of digest, mm. and like I'm I, I feel like I'm okay with it because of the fact that I'm still a little bit confused as to how much we're going to be seeing where the story is going to go. And to be honest, I think this is a even though it gave us quite a bit of information, it was still enough. Um, for us to still be curious about where it's going to go. Um, so I'm looking forward to actually seeing this film. It looks like it's going to be um, interesting. If the poster is anything to go by, I feel like something's going on mm-hmm. with Kang and he's probably going to, like, if Kang is the big bad for the for the rest of the next couple of phases uh something's got something bad's going to happen for sure yeah like this is a start of phase five it's yes yes that's correct this is literally setting it all up Mm -hmm. Mm. and it's like the fact that we're going into the quantum realm and it's like its own little world its own little universe they say um below our universe apparently um, mm. which was an interesting uh, statement they made. Well, it's sort of yeah. like in our uh, universe, just microscopic, like within yeah. itself sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. Think of it as um, the Who's on the speck of dust and yeah. we're Horton. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, the fact, like, the moment we saw Cassie mentioned that she made a little device that can send a signal to the quantum realm. Uh, I instantly, I knew something bad was going to happen. I'm like, that doesn't sound like a good thing, to be honest. Like, great. She's very class, very smart, very clever. Um, she knows her physics. Hmm. Uh, I just know the, the moment she said that, you know, quantum realm and then when janet was just like uh no shut it down what are you doing uh i was like oh this is yeah not good (laughs) so obviously there's a there's so janet's hiding something as to why she doesn't want to go back there or why she doesn't want to contact that realm Mm -hmm. so i am curious to find out what that is um her secret second family Maybe, maybe <laughs> we never we don't know. Oh, 20 years uh, is maybe a long she time. knows about Kang already. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Um, 
Yeah, it'll be, and it's interesting that we've got Bill Murray playing a character as well, and I'm kind of interested to to see what his character's all about. Um, but yeah, no, look, looks like it's going to be fun. I hope we still get some, you know, cheesy comedy with uh, Paul Rudd. Yes, we which will. Is, I I really want. I really am looking forward to seeing him again because he's a lot of fun. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks like it's going to be, you know, some good family time. Hell yeah. <laughs> so yeah, let, let's go. Let's go. Let's go into Quantum Realm. <laughs> yes. Let's do it. Um, yeah, tell us your thoughts on the uh, Quantumania trailer, please. It is a very interesting trailer. It sort of got me excited to enter a new realm that we've sort of seen. I mean, start off in uh, Doctor Strange and uh, in his first movie where uh, Taylor Swinton opened his mind and was like, ah, we're in the quantum realm now. Yeah. Just a little little glimpse of it. And mm-hmm. then we're going to dive, we're going to have a, a, a whole movie set in uh, the quantum realm. And that'll be awesome because mm. it'll be trippy as hell. It'll be cool. And the start of uh, a nice phase of the five. And where Scott Lang is at the moment is pretty cool is probably the most successful avenger at the moment <laughs> yeah that's true uh, like selling his soul like he's got his own podcast apparently uh, with miss marvel and and selling books so he's he's a he's a name now so he's definitely gone up in the higher in higher celebrity status from uh, Endgame, where the, even kids didn't know who he was. I'm Ant Man. <laughs> so who needs who needs a secret identity when you can just be who you are? Mm. So that's cool. Uh, having said that, mm, maybe this is going to be a passing of the torch, and maybe we're not going to get more any more Scott Lang at the end of this movie. Mm. Maybe who knows. I mean, again, we've been talking about it a lot and it was mentioned last week, but, you know, Young Avengers, we see mm. we see stature here fully realised, so... And this is the third Ant-Man film. This is the third Ant-Man film, yes. Things come in threes. They surely do. The magical number. Yeah, unless you're the Thor franchise. I was just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, but this is the fourth one, even good. Moving on. <laughs> it's divisive. Anyway, um, it's okay. It's divisive. That's what it's meant to be. Mm. Um, yeah. And also with the uh, Comic-Con trailer, we, uh, people on the floor did get to see a glimpse of Modoc, and we didn't get it here. Oh, true that. We didn't mm. see Modoc. I forgot about that. And someone has speculated that well the reason why we don't see him in this trailer is because uh people who are sleuths and <laughs> and and we don't want to see it in 4K so we can speculate who Modoc is because the because right. the theory is it's it's um it was yellow jacket of what happened to him oh wow that's fucked <laughs> Mm. That's if that's if that's what they're doing. Wow. Okay. I kind of I kind of like that. Yeah, that's that's the theory that's going around, and I people like don't it. 
and people don't want to clinch it first That's, on on yeah. 4K. It's like, yeah, it's clearly clearly him, just with small arms and legs and a big head <laughs> floating around. Jesus, <laughs> poor yeah. Corey Stoll. Yeah, get him back. Yeah, get him back. He was good. He was a good villain. Yeah, I liked him. Villain. Villain. Hail Hydra. Yes. And that's basically my take. Uh, Bill Murray, cool. Um, I can see um, a, a former love interest of Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Her second family? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> so when is this getting dropped in the USA? Kendall. Yes, well, because we don't have the Australian date locked in. It's generally the day before the American date, so it'll probably be the 16th of February next year. But, uh, yeah, for those in the States, you can watch Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, when it drops on the 17th of February, 2023. That's, um, yeah, time travel. Yeah. We're in the future. Whoa. We're in the future. Yeah, three and a half months away. Hmm. <laughs> So, it's coming up fast. The first film of Phase 5. But before we get there, we have another special to watch on Disney+. Plus. And... Where are my jingle bells? I (laughs) may have found my new favourite Christmas thing to to watch at Christmas time. This is going to be my staple go-to for the rest of my life. If not Die Hard, then let it be Guardians. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, because this is our first look at the uh, long-awaited Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special um, that it will be airing on Disney Plus very soon. Um, I, oh my God, I, I'm here for this so hardcore. <laughs> I mean, it's so stupid. <laughs> like, it's nuts. Um the fact that <laughs> the fact that Drax and Mantis decide, oh, Peter Quill's down, and apparently it's Christmas soon. Let's go to Earth and bring him Kevin Bacon. <laughs> the Kevin introducing Bacon. Kevin, Kevin Bacon. Bacon. <laughs> oh my God! I lost my ever-loving mind when I saw that. That was well, oh, and- well done. Well done, Kevin Feige. Well done. Um, yeah, Kevin Bacon is joining the MCU as himself. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, look, this looks like a bunch of fun. I just kind of love the fact that randomly, you know, they the Guardians happen to know that it's about to be Christmas. Um, and, yeah, they want to do something nice for Peter because he's obviously they're in the middle of their search for Gamora um, mm. and having no luck. So um, they, they want to cheer him up and yeah. And apparently, yeah, just, yeah, Drax and Mantis decide to go to earth and, and uh, bring back Kevin Bacon, bring home the bacon, if you will. Um, ha. Ha. Uh, uh, <laughs> Thank uh-huh. you. Thank you. That was a podcast called Fred. Um and yeah and whatever other antics they get up to while they're on earth so i'm here for the fish out of water stuff um and more of mantis and drax yes please thank you um hopefully it's less problematic this time but 
um, I'm sure it will be uh, even more hilarious than it was the first time we saw the two of them on screen in Guardians of Lame 2. So there isn't a lot to really unpack about this. I'm curious as to... I'm guessing they're counting this as canon. Um, so, yeah. I hope so, because I have a theory. Okay. Well, we will get to your theory momentarily. But first, we must hear from Fulia. Uh, what did you make of this one? Are you excited to watch this? I feel like the the the, the majority of the time we're going to be seeing Mantis and Drax. Yes. For this. Um, and I'm all for it because Drax is like the fact that he can't understand sarcasm. And then we've got Mantis, who's just very direct as well. Mm. Those two combined is just going to be hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, from what we've gotten so far, I'm all in for this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it looks like it's going to be lots of fun. Uh, and yeah, just the fact that we're also still getting the rest of the gang. Um, and I'm, I'm curious as to why Peter feeling so down. Um, mm. You know, we just got to sort of understand what's going on in his head. Um, but maybe I think maybe it's just more so the fact that you know the with um oh what was Michael Rooker's character's name again? Yondu Yondu that's the one the fact that Yondu has probably passed away is probably weighing on him quite a bit um, and you know any other sort of stresses that he might be under right at that particular time so um, it's it's nice that we get like a little it, it, it almost feels like a comedy special. With the Guardians, mm-hmm. and mm. I, I, I'm looking forward to that. Um, just you know, a bit of fun. Just go and have Christmas with a Kevin Bacon in it. <laughs> Can yeah. I have Christmas without bacon? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, looks like it's gonna be fun. Nice, nice. excellent. Um, Michael, uh, your thoughts and theories. Yes. On the Guardians holiday special. Well, just to say, um, I did hear that Michael Rooker is going to be in this as well. Maybe as a flashback, I don't know. Oh, that'd be lovely. So, mm. uh, or as a recording or something, I don't know. But that would be cool. Uh, mm. Him coming back. Um, yeah, this looks really fun. Uh, something good for the holidays and hopefully canon. Because mm-hmm. theory is that this may lead into uh, Guardians three, yeah, uh, and maybe at the end uh, Gamora does come back, and then true, and we don't have to tie up that weird um, uh, story of Gamora coming back to be with it, to be with the Guardians, and we can just lead from there because she wasn't in uh, Love and Thunder. Uh, of course, and so they don't have to explain. Well, they they have to come back because I think like the original um, Guardians three was going to take place like I can't remember like bef- I can't it's either before Endgame or whatever uh, within that, and Gamora was still going to be there, and then mm-hmm. and then the. And then the uh, the brothers, the brothers Grimm decided to kill off Gamora. Like, this 
uh, timelines Gamora and then we're going to have a new Gamora and then mm. she doesn't characters need to re-evaluate them it's all messy it's all wibbly wobbly dimey whammy yes, stuff it is and, a little bit yeah and we're also getting uh, Cosmo the space dog coming back yeah Cosmo that's cool yeah and uh, I don't know why but I was having a look at INDB just to check if Michael Rooker was coming back, and yes. And there's also going to be another, dare I say, cameo, but I'll just not say it because, you know, uh, could be good for a little chuckle and ha-ha. Mm. Uh, so I'll just leave it at that. And also Groot is uh, in his 20s, so he's he's not a child anymore, he's not a teenager anymore, he's... A young adult. He's a young adult, and he's pretty ripped as well. He kind of looks like Vin <laughs> Diesel. <isn't he? laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. Vin Diesel in mocap. Mm. <laughs> or in a suit. Um, yeah, and Kevin Bacon. That was that was a nice surprise and fun. I think that's yeah. fun. Like, yeah. You can't Very have random. A, yeah. You, well, you can't have it like a Christmas special without special cameos, like special guest stars. So, and just having Kevin Bacon, who's like, you know... Uh, king of the 80s and yeah and it's not his first MC well dare I say MCU if we're going to count Fox Universe as well because mm. he was also in uh, first, first class. class as a villain mm. so <laughs> so does that mean there was a Kevin Bacon um, actor in first class universe in the Fox Universe or maybe not. Mm. It's all connected and weird. But just don't think about it. Just just do it. Yeah. And yeah. I can't wait. So when is this coming out if I scroll yes. back up? Well, yeah. very, very soon. Um, and a, a special treat for, uh, for, you know, people who work in retail because it's coming out on Black Friday. Um, the 20th. Oh, yeah. The 25th of November, the day after Thanksgiving if you're in the US, um, on Disney Plus. So um not But anywhere long... else in the in, in the world, why is it in November and not like the start of December? <laughs> when yeah. it is a Christmas thing. I don't I don't know why they've chose to put it out now, but that's okay. I'm happy to have it now. I'm happy that it's coming out in like three and a half weeks, so I'll take it. Yeah. Very, very good stuff. Um, all right, that's Trailer Park done. We're rolling on out. Um, rolling up to the Trailer Park where we park all the trailers. And now we, uh, it is time for a quickie review. Quickie review. Yes, quickie review. Uh, so we switched things up a little this week and uh, have decided... That for Cookie Review, we're actually going to talk about Andor here instead of in Popcorn Culture, um, just to keep you guys on your toes. Um, so, Cookie Review, episode eight of Andor, uh, it's called Narkina 5, uh, named after the prison planet uh, where Andor uh, ends up. Um, we saw at the end of last week's episode that he was sentenced to six years um, for, you know, made-up bullshit that he didn't commit. Um, racial profiling, fantastic. 
<laughs> scarily real sci-fi allegory. Um, anyway, so, but yeah, this episode, in terms of the overall story, there wasn't really a lot that happened. Um, and uh, a lot of the story didn't really kind of move forward. We didn't really learn much new, really. Um, so, yeah. So, but apart from, yeah, saying that, I think, like, it was still a really good episode. It was still, like, certain things kind of happened, like, with, um, you know, uh, Miro and Cyril's storylines crossing. Um, I really liked the fact that <laughs> he was, uh, just badgering them consistently, being like, I have information, I have information, I have information, listen to me, let me get out of this fucking chair. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of liked that and the fact that, uh, you know, she was, she said to him, like, don't you fucking dare lodge another complaint or request or whatever again. We don't want to hear from you. Um, you've given us what we want now, basically. But I kind of like how they, she let him kind of read the report on the events that happened. Um, so that was kind of cool. Um, so... That was interesting to see. Uh, and then, yeah, Andor ends up on this prison planet and we get um, a surprise. Andy Circus is in Star oh, Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Again. Again, as himself, um, not as a, any kind of a voiceover or mocap character. So that's always good. <laughs> um so yeah, he is running the 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 workroom, I suppose, the part of the prison where Cassian is holed up. Um, and uh, yeah, it's kind of scary. I got I got some Squid Game vibes um, from the fact that they were trying to like make it into a, a race or a game, um, and like just the in terms of the like aesthetic of the prison and the way it was all kind of set out um with like and the rewards and the rewards and stuff yeah so that was that was interesting i kind of um curious to see how the hell cassian's gonna get out of this one Mm. um and then i suppose for me the other really exciting part of the episode was the fact that we saw pun not intended saw guerrera um forrest whitaker speak of the devil um uh finally has appeared in andor um Luthen goes to visit him and we kind of get a, a replay of the scene with Luthen and Mon Mothma from last week, except it's Saw Guerrera now. And the two of them are like, did you do it? Did you do it? Did you do it? Pointing the fingers at everyone. I thought that was interesting. And the whole kind of like argument of, you know, what's good parts of the rebellion, bad parts of the rebellion and Saw Guerrera kind of going into like all the different sides and factions in this entire galaxy and how everything's just kind of messed up and stuff. And I kind of thought that conflict was really interesting and kind of ominous, I think in that sense. Um, But yeah, apart from that, yeah, those were kind of my, I think my main takeaways, unless I forgot a couple of things, but, um, but yeah, still curious as to where, where it's leading. Um, But we'll have more next week on that um hmm. yeah what did you what did you think of this week's episode um oh there, like 
there was a lot going on without having too much going on. Yeah. Uh, like the the whatever was happening on Nakina Five, um, you know the the process in which how Cassian got there, um, and you know the magnetizations of those cuffs to the chair. Um, the fact that they had to take off their shoes before they even got to the planet. Mm. Uh, and then just the, the sheer power that these, um, the empire guards had on the prisoners, um, you know, with one press of a button and all of a sudden they're down and they're in a lot of pain. It's like, it looks excruciating. Yeah. That was, that was brutal to watch. Yeah. And, I was just and uh, and then the fact that he said that was only level one of three, I was like, I don't want to imagine what three is. No, death. <laughs> but by yeah. the end, we'll probably find out. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so and the fact that when we got to that facility, it was like all prisoners were barefoot, wearing the same thing, and I'm curious as to what it is they're building. Like building, they're building parts for something, but I am like trying to rack my brains as to what for exactly. Because mm. it's always the same parts that we see that they're building. Um, and the fact that they, you know, that particular room needs to be, they, they want to be one of the best. And then it's by the table that they might get, you know, the rewards of better food. Um, and, it, it's it was very confronting to then find out once on day one for Cassian, mm. we find out that that's not the only room. No, no, no. There are thousands of prisoners aboard this thing, yeah. this ship, mm-hmm. this planet. And it was it looked intense when they zoomed out to show us the full scale of what it is. Um. And I was just taken aback when I saw that. I'm like, holy moly, yeah. that's a lot of prisoners. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was interesting to see the stuff that happened on Narkina 5. Uh, Andy Circus was a lovely surprise. Mm. <laughs> He's, you know, been in all of the Disney major films now. You know, Disney, then then Marvel, and now Star Wars. So it's... It's really good to see him, um, but with a bit more of an authoritative role, which was cool. Um, so I really like that, uh, you know. And then the other stuff that happens beyond the beyond Narkina Five, it it's just very sort of like with Cyril and Mira that that interaction that they had where Cyril's getting interrogated and mm. questioned mm-hmm. and t- being told off for sending all those requests. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was interesting. I have a, like the fact that Mira was like, I don't want to hear from you ever again. So stop pestering us. Mm. And Cyril did mention that he is a very good asset because he has information for them, but she wants none of it. And with that being said, I have a feeling Cyril is now going to turn around and do his own thing. And put, and from, and from that, maybe he might use that information 
against the Empire now. Because mm. I know how... Because he was so devoted to the Empire when he was... Uh, I think he said he was a lieutenant. Um, like, and, you know, in, in a leadership role. And he was very devoted to the Empire and he was doing his job uh, until that happened. Uh, and... Yeah, I'm like I can't. I feel bad for him, mm. and I hope he turns to the rebellion. I hope. Hmm. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> it's probably out for himself. He. Mm. Yeah. Probably well, becomes a em- bounty hunter. Wow. Yeah. If the empire doesn't want a bar of him, then maybe the rebellion might. He's mm. going to be in the middle. Yeah, maybe we'll see. Naysay it was a- sitting on the fence. <laughs> it was a very interesting episode, yeah. Mm. Mm. Definitely. Um, Michael, how did this one sit with you? Uh, yeah, um, can be argued that um, it was a bit slow and it was just a, uh, just a meh, but I did like the fact that they talked about how um, this is like a critique of, in America, uh, modern slavery. Where where they they say that there's no more slavery in America, but when you're incarcerated, you don't have that right anymore, mm. and you are pretty much uh, in slave labor, and you get to build, uh, you get to make like ashtrays and like and like chairs and that, and you get little um, perks every time you finish. Like it it's roughly the same thing as we see in this episode. So it is, it's meant to feel like. Ew, and mm. it is a critique, and and that's what good uh, good um, sci-fi does. It does take from real life and makes it into a sci-fi sort of tinge to it. And this is pretty much what what happens. And and you don't really wreak the the benefits of that. It's just a good uh, a job well done, and that's it. And and stuff like that. So. Mm. I sort of did enjoy that aspect of them dealing with those sort of issues, like the way that they're actually dealing with issues all throughout this TV show. And I really like this series of what they're doing. Like war is hell on both sides and you are practically screwed no matter which choice you you are, either with a rebellion or with the Empire. Mm. And you can sort of see that now especially when we see uh, characters like get get reintroduced and where they are at this present time. And I'm not sure if we're going to spoil it or not, but I can't remember. You can if you want. Yeah, I, I really like the issues that are actually t- taking us, like how, how far can you actually take this, um, especially with a rebellion. And um, you may doing this for, for the good, but... You're also at what cost? Are uh, innocent people going to get hurt or even killed? And you can sort of see this semi fractures of what could happen and how people would actually say, "Well, we are doing a rebellion, but we're not going to do that because we do have morals, we do have principles." And mm. then, and you get introduced with characters that don't have that, but they're still fighting on your side. So you do have the choice. It's like, well, do we condone that or not? I mean, sure, it is for the it is for the good of taking down the empire, 
but with that sort of thing uh, hanging on your head and that guilt, does that mean we're we're not as not as different as the empire of being manipulative and and like hurting innocent people, mm. even though, and you can sort of see that, and it it does make the case of well, this sort of thing does fester uh, as as well as it does in Star Wars, and that sort of does negate what the First Order sort of turns into. So it uh, so when we get to see uh, Force Unleashed or what, no, not Force Unleashed, uh, Force Awakens. Uh, and how? Oh, yeah, the Empire's back, but they've named named something else. It's like, yeah, that's that's what history does. It's basically um, the same same thing, but with a different coat of paint. And it's either you need to have those morals, or else you 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 go nuts and you tend to repeat yourself over and over and over. Mm. So overall, I, I I like this episode, even though that there's not really much to the story mm. of what Andor is doing but yeah no prison break so maybe next week yeah most likely I would say and the choices are endless of what they're actually making as well it could be for the Death Star it could be for Star Destroyers it could be could be for anything essentially it's back <laughs> essentially it's back doors maybe it's for the the Emperor when when um, there's all these different ships uh, where did these come from? These thousands of stars, star destroyers, like coming out of the ground. Did he just make them out of magic? No, it's sort of setting the, uh, setting the um, the the seeds of well, they've been doing this for years, and this is their back catalogue, and they just kept it quiet for forty years or whatever, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So mm. yeah, I liked it. Yeah, nice. So when is this coming out, Kendall? <laughs> Well, episode nine of Andor will be on airing on Disney Plus this coming Wednesday. So uh, <clears throat> stay tuned for our thoughts on that uh, next time. So finally, yeah. is I that can, it? Can we go I, home? I know you want to go home now. Why? What else is there? Well, it's time. What? For the moment. Oh. The segment. He. The section. <sighs> The place, boy. The part, ha. The spot in the show we like to call Mum in a Million. Doctor Who. I mean, popcorn culture. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Tag your it. Yeah. (laughs) Popcorn culture time. Yes. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now going to discuss our thoughts on the recent special uh, Doctor Who, The Power of the Doctor. Because, um, boy howdy, was it a big episode. Mmm. <laughs> yep. Um, so, I'm, I'm probably going to take a slight back seat to this discussion, because... I, uh, you know, some of this definitely went over my head um, because there's a lot of references to a lot of older things that I just haven't uh, had the opportunity yet to experience, but I will. A lot Um, of deep cuts. A lot of deep cuts, yes. 
Um, but as someone who loves deep cuts, uh, references and callbacks and Easter eggs and cameos and all of that stuff, I can only imagine how big fans of Doctor Who were feeling watching this. And I can't wait to uh, talk to Michael about his thoughts on this because hot diggity dog. Uh, <laughs> overall, I'll just start by saying, I think this was a, a really awesome um, special. Um, it was, yeah, it was well-paced. It was, you know, action-packed, visually really stunning. The performances were fantastic. The, you know, the twists and the turns in the story were really good. Um, and I mean, you know, I didn't love the fact that there was a whole part of the episode where we didn't really have much of Jodie on screen as, as 13. Um, but it was not, that's more of a nitpick, I suppose, than a, than a problem. Um, cause they did some really interesting stuff with the doctor and I can't wait to ask, ask you guys about it, what you think. Um, but yeah, it was, it was awesome. It was a lot of fun and I cried. <laughs> that uh yeah that regeneration scene and even just 13 and yaz saying goodbye to each other i was i one look at at, at yaz's face and i was bawling i was bawling my eyes out um it was yeah it was really well done so um yeah i'm looking forward to discussing it with you guys fulia uh yes what did you what did you think uh overall of, of how this one went um honestly i did not realize that it was an hour and a half so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was but like you said it was very well paced so i didn't feel it at all um and then once i saw the length of the episode i was like oh i thought it was going to be shorter than that oh well doesn't mm -hmm. matter it's good um i i enjoyed this um it was like you said action-packed um, a lot of, uh, you know, characters from old who coming back, which like you, I am not aware of. And when I saw them, I was the same as you. I, I feel like I need to know these people, but I don't know who they are, who um, those people? but I can't, but I kind of made a guess and knew that they were going to be, you know, uh, older companions, um, of previous doctor iterations. Um, it was it was interesting that they brought back those two, uh, the way that they did the whole you know, seeing the uh, their particular doctor in those holograms was really awesome. I really liked that. Yeah. Um, it was also very touching, very emotional sort of scenes for them because it was them trying to express how they felt when they got abandoned, essentially. Mm. <laughs> um. So it was, um, it was really, really sweet of, of, uh, the 13th doctor to be able to do that for them. Uh, and then, you know, just overall the story, it was nice to see Graham again. <laughs> <laughs> he was a, he was a lovely little surprise. Uh, and man, I felt, I, I felt emotional for Dan. <laughs> oh, I, that was the other thing I forgot to mention. I'm, kind of annoyed that Dan kind of was like, peace out. I'm done. 
Yeah. Um, well, he had a near-death experience, and that was like, that was it for him. I He's mean, like, well, I don't want to have to go through that again. I'm, I'm, I'm done for now. I mean, I get, <laughs> I get that. I, de- I definitely get that, but I just don't. Yeah. I feel like that's a cheap way to write him out of the show, and yeah. also like as cool as bringing Graham back was uh, for someone who hasn't really spent any time with him. Um, I I liked him, but I feel like his small role in it could have been Dan easily. So I don't know. Interesting choices. Mm. Interesting I'm choices. Kinda, I'm kind of curious as to how Graham got where he was. Yeah, in the middle you know? of a volcano. Yeah. That kind of, like, my brain was a little bit, like, confused when I saw that. I was like, um... Because reasons. <laughs> reasons. Yeah. Why did Dan leave? Reasons. Reasons. Mm. You uh, faced yeah. a Dalek single-handed. Mm, yeah. You and you decided to leave then. Mm. Okay. Because <laughs> you're, you're almost uh, total recalled yourself. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, like, overall, this was a really fun, emotional experience to watch. Um I wasn't as emotional as I thought I was going to be. So I I welled up a little at the end, but I didn't cry, mm. which was interesting. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, anyway, we'll, we'll talk about other things later. My overall, my overall thoughts of it is, yeah, really good. Mm. Nice. All right, Michael. Hello. Your overall thoughts on... Briefly. Brief, yes. Power of the Doctor thoughts. Go ahead. My, my paragraph of Power of the Doctor. Yes. This was a very well put together final episode for Jodie. Um, and she said it in the, in the show. Um, she needed more time. And I think, yeah, uh, how things sort of panned out because of the pandemic, um, we... We could have need we needed more time to actually flesh out like the overall um, uh, era of uh, the thirteenth Doctor. Like we still need uh, we still I don't know if we're going to get it, but we're probably not going to get it. But we still need closure of the Fugitive Doctor. We still need closure of the Timeless Child. So I can understand them not really dealing with that sort of issue. They they just want to do one story that that uh it's just a linchpin of saying saying goodbye to jody and i think they sort of succeed succeeded for Mm. that and i can sort of and 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 yeah i do joke of dan just just pump it out out of there but i think that's with the story it's like well that's another tie-in to get rid of one companion so they can so jody and and uh, and yeah uh, the doctor and yaz having their little sentimental like like not really saying anything but saying so much and uh for their story at the end i mean you People who do enjoy that relationship would probably want more. I could probably get that, but I wasn't really a big fan. So, I, so it, it was a good sentimental, but but, but a touching issue. And how, how Jody said, "I want to be alone for this," and it sort of mm. makes sense because uh, when it is harrowing for a 
companion to actually see uh, the Doctor regenerate into someone else. Mm. Uh, and you do see that with previous companions as well, but I won't divulge because I want Kendall to actually know that. Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't appreciate spoil, that. Spoil that crap. And yeah, and overall, it is a huge, freaking huge love love letter to classic Who Whovians who have been watching this ever since they were kids and all and all that and how. And I did not expect that, like whatsoever, like, um, and I did film my reaction to it, and it'll probably and people probably won't see the light of day, because. I am not that good at emotions and I'm a very ugly crier and I did cry at this uh, sections uh, not just once <laughs> and yeah and and overall it, it was it was really touching a bit messy but that's Chris Chipnell and his writing and you sort of expect that to happen but overall uh, I did enjoy this episode and this is <laughs> this is probably the episode that you go to more than any other episode of the Jodie Weird because unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, um, certain numbers like like the uh, the Rosa sort of one is pretty up there as well. But uh, overall, I, I really enjoyed it, and all the characters and all the cameos as well coming back was touching, moving, and. And the and the companions that we uh, are forefront of Ace and Teague and coming back and actually having some sort of closure at the end is is really touching as well, uh, especially especially Teague, uh, because we don't really know why the why Ace left because it that's when Doctor Who finished, like in the middle of their run. Oh, yeah. So there's no real definitive story of what happened to ace like and then they sort of picked it up from here so uh it's kind of good that they 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 bring her back to have some sort of real closure within the doctor who mythos as well but with tegan she she left the uh, she left the tardis roughly the same same sort of style like dan like she she was just getting sick of the death and destruction especially after her last story was essentially a real taboo <laughs> episode where you got cops killing people and yeah. and is a dalek story as well so tack on that that she has witnessed the cybermen and and the daleks and ace has also uh, seen the daleks and and the Cybermen as well. So it's kind of cool that the um, Daleks and the Cybermen are actually in this story as well because there's a little tie-in for that. Uh, but they're sort of like set dressing. They they didn't really... They, they weren't really meant to be there. It's sort of a weird reason why they're there. And also mm -hmm. the Cybermen as well... <laughs> I was going. Ah, oh, this is this is convenience upon convenience, and and it's kind of good that um, uh, the uh, oh, what's his face? Uh, the the half the half Cyberman. Yeah, I can't remember what he's called, but I know who you're talking about. But yeah, he's a clone. Mm. Mm, okay, the aesthetics of um, characters from Jodie's past coming back is sort of a fitting tribute for a last. Uh, doctor story to do I mean and that's why Vecna was there for some reason and then he fucked off <laughs> um, okay 
because he was in flux cool mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess um yeah and there's no real story ashed ashed yeah the was the, that the name of that cyberman yeah the one who died and then the master brought him back through cloning yeah. and and was and and his uniform was destroyed exactly the same as as his previous body um, yeah (laughs) convenience 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 but what do i expect it's fucking doctor who i'm not here for for serious law i'm here for wibbly wobbly timey wimey shit anyway uh yeah so that's my brief little thing i liked it (laughs) nice i am glad i am glad well speaking of the master um i think it might be good to kind of start with um unpacking his uh devilish plot um in this episode where he uh, has, I don't know, you, he used the Cybermen to kidnap that creature that was going to help fuel the planet with the TARDIS on it and do the thing. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Um, brief. Uh, the Master has had a deal with the Daleks and the Cybermen mm. and uh, for them to basically help them destroy the Earth as well as uh, destroy the Doctor, which are the two main things mm. at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, they kidnap a creature that is that is going to help the Master with Time Lord technology that he stole from Gallifrey from the previous seasons because he basically uh, went to Gallifrey, stripped it clean, and killed all the all the uh, all the Time Lords. Mm. Uh, so, so he can use the technology from the from uh, the Time Lords to force a regeneration, which they have done in in like old Who. It's all, it's always been like that. Um, and that's how we got the third Doctor. Really, uh, the the uh, the Time Lords actually forced him to regenerate because you can't have him just running around meddling with with time and stuff. It's like, no, you're a bad person, and we can and we're going to change you and, and exile you on on Earth, which is kind of easy because stories are are less expensive on Earth, like mm. Earth based stuff where uh, where things come to Earth instead of the Doctor going off to. Uh, a planet where you have to pay for like sets and that <laughs> so there's there's that so and old school stuff as well the the master is uh wants uh the doctor's remaining generation so he can live on uh but mm. to up the ante he wants to become the doctor and destroy his reputation so yeah, that's that's new. It's different. It's unusual, and I and I do did like that fact. So yeah, I am. So, um, yeah, yeah. I really, yeah, I really like that as well. I I thought as a as sort of a way to, I don't know, a, a fitting a fitting final showdown between Jody Jody's Doctor and and um, Sasha Dewan's Master. Um, I thought it was kind of a, the pinnacle of his sort of conniving schemes to bring the doctor bring the doctor down um and it was also kind of quite like the stakes were really high like i was watching it going how the hell are they gonna fix this like you know especially and i like the way that they kind of tricked us because 
I, that shot of Jody, like of 13 being forced to regenerate was in the trailers for this mm. and and we all kind of thought it was the like the regeneration shot yeah um so they thinking, yeah red herring yeah red herring yeah so that was that same was as, cool yeah same as the paintings uh disappearing mm. is, a, is really a red herring to say hey there's something going on uh with rasputin for some reason i don't know yeah yeah that was another interesting thing like why why rasputin why did they decide to go to you know um russia in the you know i thought they were going to do something to do with anastasia or something for half a second <laughs> but then nah. then he walked in as as um rasputin but you know essentially it's the master going hey hello i'm over here i'm over here come over here yeah, I'm fucking with the timeline. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. Um, but I really I really liked the, the Master's plan and the way it played out and the way it, it kind of, you know, it almost worked. Um, you well, know, it, did it was... Yeah, well, it did, it did for... Yeah, it did work for a bit. He succeeded. Um, and, yeah, and then he got to dance to Rasputin by Bronium. And I, I loved it. I don't care what you say, Mike. I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> I, uh, I thought it was, like, brilliant. So, there's... Not to spoil it, but the master has done that before. Yeah, I uh, was watching a video about the episode and apparently one of the previous masters was known for dancing around or something. Here come the drums, here come the drums. <laughs> baby, baby, baby. You are my... You know what? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes, we know the one. Um, Fulia, um, how did you feel about the master in this and, uh, his, his plot to take down the doctor once and for all? Um, oh, dude, like I, I kind of fell for the red herring regeneration as well, but when he, when he, when he said the, um, forcing the regeneration, I was like, oh, that was a thing. Mm. I didn't know that was, I, I didn't know that it was a um a penalty i suppose on gallifrey that was interesting mm. yeah um because original who uh established that you're only allowed to have th- uh 13 regenerations yeah and after that you're, you're dead oh. but thanks to the timeless child uh, only the doctor has multiple regenerations mm. so it's, yeah yeah that is very interesting um yeah, no, like the moment that you know the the doctor got regenerated and then the master took over and I was just like no, 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 no. I I didn't like it. I was like <laughs> I mm. <laughs> shake my fist. Um and yeah, I mean Sasha Dewan does such a great job in that evil role. He does. Um he has the he has the crazy eyes. He does. <laughs> it's so so disturbing, but he does it really well. <laughs> um, and so he he does a masterful job of the master. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and yeah, I just you're right. His plan did work for a little bit, but he didn't anticipate the fact that the doctor can still get ahead of him regardless yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah um even when she wasn't around she still managed to do something 
to make sure that if something did happen that she'd have a plan for it. Yeah. And it was Essen- it was awesome. Yeah, essentially he didn't uh, counter that the companions being so reliable. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the whole point of I like I know this is going a little bit ahead where um Yaz mentions to the master that, you know, the doctor has friends. He forms friendships yeah. with with their with their companion. And so that's why the power of friendship is so strong for for the doctor and that the companions would always be there for the doctor so mm. yeah. regardless of what happens and i really i really like that sort of theme throughout the whole episode yeah yeah it was it was quite quite good um mm. yeah that's a very good point um Michael, do you have any extra thoughts on on the master? In on Sasha Duan as yes. the master, his last outing as the master, mm. uh, as we know by now. But he's going to be doing uh, his master on Big Finish as well. So ah, oh, sweet. So there's going um, him and the fugitive doctor is going to have their own sort of niche little bits on on the Big Finish audios. So yeah. If you like them, you can listen to them and do and continue their story. Uh, Fugitive Doctor is probably m- more leaning because I I want I want more Fugitive Doctor and ex- more of an explanation of what she does because mm. she's more interesting. Because like Sasha the one I. I do like him. I, I do like his interpretation, but he's not my he's not my master. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but still, um, but his uh, tenure was good, and I did like his master's plan and his execution and and his inquisition. His it's a, it's a different take, and I and I do do admire it, and him and. It was really great that they do drop a lot of like if you know you know sort of things where he's interacting with Ace and Tegan, mm. and he that stuff is true. If you if you remember, uh, he he actually shrank Tegan's aunt. What uh, in the first episode? Of, wow! Oh, wow! Of T- Tegan's stuff. Yeah, and um, he, in the last episode of uh, Doctor Who was Survival, and he was half cat as well. He was on a cat planet. So Mm -hmm. that stuff is true and interesting. And and what else? Yeah, and what sort of made me say, yeah, you're a good master because you made me hate you when he came out of the TARDIS in, in... all the Doctor's costume from previous episodes as well, mm. which made which made me go, yeah, I hate you, yeah, I hate you for that. But you're the master, and congratulations, you 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 play a good master because yeah, you made me think. <laughs> so that was great. Mm. Yeah, that was really really cool. Um, yeah, I I really liked. I got to say the inclusion of um, Ace and, and Tegan um, as someone who hasn't seen any of the classic Who stuff um, to kind of have these ca- uh, classic characters come into the the new 
uh, version of the show um, and, you know, kind of just be these two firecrackers of, hmm. of, of, of women. Um, that was awesome. Like, I feel like not only was it like sort of going, I, I think what you were saying Fulia before about the companions all kind of, you know, the doctor being, you know, like, well, the master, the master not anticipating the, the companions as a, as a foil in his plan. Um, but like just the fact that, you know, this was the first female doctor who like the first female doctor and we're ending her run with, you know, with her, with Yaz and bringing back Ace and Tegan and, and having Kate Stewart as well, of course. So just having all of these prominent um, women in this Hooniverse sort of coming together and, you know, saving the day, beating the bad guy um, is just I, just... I just thought that was really special and really, really awesome um, as a female fan of... As a female fan of sci-fi, <laughs> I'm not trying to make it political. I just wanted to mention nah, that... it's not political. I, I'm just being stupid for all the naysayers out there. Shut yes. up, Nick Beards. Yes, shut up, Nick Beards. Um, yeah, I just thought that was really, really cool. And I, yeah, and I really like these characters and I felt bad for Tegan because she seemed so angry at the Doctor. Mm. <laughs> that, she, she is like that. Yeah. <laughs> Good old little Australian air hostess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, she was she was fascinating. But I, I there was something about Ace that I really enjoyed, um, and I loved that jacket she was wearing. I just thought that like her look, her look was 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 very very awesome. Um, so seeing them, even though I had no context for for them and who they were in their characters, but like obviously just fully understanding you know, that these are important figures. Um, it was just, yeah, it was just really, really cool. And of course, you know, that kind of ties into seeing the, you know, um, seeing, seeing Peter Davidson and Sylvester McCoy and getting those scenes where they got to kind of have their final conversations with their doctors. Um, and that was, that was really special. Um, to watch as well and of course with 13 being stuck in this like regeneration limbo place and having conversations with you know those two doctors and then of course um, what's his name bloody filch (laughs) David Bradley (laughs) Bradley. David Bradley playing William Hartnell the first doctor uh, uh, again and then of course Paul McGann um the eighth doctor so yeah so having all of these old characters come back for someone who doesn't really get it fully uh it still had an effect on me and i still know what that means so i just i thought that was super awesome um fulia what did you think about all the these classic characters um kind of being so prominent in this farewell to uh, the 13th doctor. I, uh, I actually really enjoyed it. Like obviously when they did pop up, I was surprised to see them, even though 
like I don't have a real connection to them because I've never seen the older versions of the show. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they did appear, um, I was very happy to see them. Um, I was smiling. Um, it, it did also affect me a little bit in the sense that I was a little bit emotional as well. Oh, yeah. Um, to, to see the characters. Um, and, and the way that they were interacting with Jodie's doctor, um, which was really cool as well. Um, and the way that they were switching between each other, um, it kind of tripped me out a little bit, uh, just, you know, visually, because my eyes were just like, I, I'm trying to focus on the one. Why are they keep switching? <laughs> Uh, so uh, that was it was a little trippy but it was it was still uh it was still really cool um and yeah and then you know ace and tegan badass ladies man i loved them they were really cool to see uh when uh when they came up and they were doing their thing and i was just like yeah and ace's jacket that that reveal of the her you know ace on the back of that bomber jacket uh dude Everyone's going to be buying that jacket now. <laughs> uh, I, I, I kind of want one now. <laughs> it looks really cool. It does. Yeah. It was a really cool uh, vibe. Very 80s. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Makes yeah. Sense. So the, um, the addition of these older, these older characters, I really liked it. Um, it. It also gave us a little bit, like for those of us who haven't seen the old uh, the old shows a, a bit more of an understanding as to what these characters were about um, and a little bit of an introduction as well uh, if we want to go back and watch the older series mm-hmm. um, because uh, you know though those particular um, doctors from the past have their own stories just like Jody has mm. and it, it it intrigues me a little bit because now I've I kind of want to go back and watch the old series to sort of see how it all um, how it all came to be from the beginning, and yeah, it's it was nice to sort of get a little bit of a taste of what these doctors were about, essentially. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Michael, how how did you feel watching? all of these classic characters come back to life. Yeah. Let me compose myself for a bit. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. It's um, okay. I didn't expect it to be like this. Like, I thought it was going to be a nice little adventure just with Ace and Tegan. Because it being, like, sort of a, a special episode for the 100th anniversary of the bbc so i was expecting something special to happen and i was thinking it was going to be more um companion uh uh orientated because i think it was yeah last week we were talking about it and and i wanted (laughs) i even said i wanted more companions and and all that and i got what i wanted and i'm I'm just fucking happy and yeah and and their story, um, they they sort of, uh, as I said, Ace and Tegan, especially Tegan, uh, left uh, not on a, a grand high. It was just a shake of the hand and she was gone. And, yeah, she fought Daleks in a miniskirt and high heels. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, a uh, bit of a story behind that. But <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, and um, and it was it, it was very interesting that uh, when uh, Jodie's Doctor, the Thirteenth Doctor, going into herself and in this like translate state of where where she is, and and uh, where she was and uh, meeting someone on the side of the cliff of like uh, I didn't know who it was uh, until they did the pan up and I, I I sort of knew who it was just just holding from the robe yeah from the robe and ho- holding his hands like that is always a first doctor move and, <laughs> and seeing that it was like oh that's pretty cool getting david bradley back to do um the first doctor so then you can have the first doctor interacting with the latest doctor it's kind of fitting and then they did the fucking impossible that i thought they weren't going to do ever <sighs> was bring back uh previous doctors and not de-age them, like, just who they were. And, yeah, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Paul McGann, and Peter Davison. And, ah, oh, I just I just lost it. And I knew... And I, I knew... I knew this was going to be something special, even for people like me. And, and it's going to be special for people who like yourselves <laughs> have no real inter- uh, have no real connection but you, you sort of knew this was something special mm-hmm. happening and and new who always has its faults of not really um like always drip feeding like classic stuff with doctor who I mean, it sort of really started with, like, just bringing back, like, the villains. Like, we get to see the Daleks for a, for a bit, and then and then the Cybermen. And then there was one episode uh, in the second season which was really special, was one companion coming back into the Doctor's life, and that was Sarah Jane, who was, all accounts, was probably one of the favourite um, companions from the classic series, and and yeah, and bring back K nine as well, which was great, yeah, great that as was well. Cool. Um, and I thought, and we really thought it, that was probably going to be it. It was just going to be a wink of a wink and a nod because classic who <laughs> it, it hasn't really aged well uh, for a modern audience to like look at and understand and actually watch. Really, it's all it's all like. Uh, really disjointed and doesn't really make sense, and <laughs> and and it brought me back to what the fiftieth was, and I I think Kendall, you've seen the fiftieth. I have seen the fiftieth, yeah. And it brought me back to when this they brought back um uh, Tom Baker as like a different character but we all know who it is <laughs> and it was a different character and then, and they did it again with more doctors who and and then they did something even more special of classic companions interacting with their doctors oh god <laughs> 
it's really nice to see the passion that comes through when you talk about Doctor Who. I oh, really I admire that. I really do. I love it. It's beautiful. It's my childhood. It's my adolescent. It's my adulthood. It's it's everything. It's it's always been with me. Mm. And yeah, even the dialogue in between Tegan and the Fifth Doctor was really special. A lot of deep cuts. Um, especially, and you probably wouldn't understand, but it's uh, when they were talking about um, Tegan was really scared because this is like the first time she's seen um, Cybermen ever since a an episode, and they and when they say, "Well, if you know what I'm thinking, what am I thinking now when I'm when I'm involved with these um, Cybermen?" and the Doctor says, "Adric." That is a very deep cut, and if you have the time <laughs> to to watch that particular episode, it is it is it is a pivotal moment within the Fifth Doctor's run of what happens, because it's very rare for. Um, now nah, I won't spoil it, uh, but it it's a character called Adric, and something happened to him. <laughs> But you probably guessed <laughs> by yeah. that by that statement that uh, it's very rare for a companion to die, mm. and Adric was one of them, and yeah, and it did, and especially in Big Finish, um, there, there there is a lot of harking back to that particular moment of what the Doctor deals with with companions. It's like, and you could you, you can sort of see it with. Uh, companions throughout it's he can't be too close to him because he knows he he's infinite he he's mm. an age he's an agent creature that can't really hold a relationship too long because they know because he know because he or she them know that uh it won't last forever and, yeah it's and such a thing. such a good trope of like sci-fi and fantasy when they like you know yeah. have these have characters that one one is like basically immortal and the other is mortal and like they can't like their relationship is going to be fraught because it's going to end badly yeah you know it's it's yeah it's really fascinating storytelling yeah and then when uh when Tegan and and Fifth Doctor meet I just knew they were going to do. They were going to do Ace and the Doctor. Like, those two were my favourite. Mm. <laughs> oh God! <sighs> and just seeing them just interact. all those years ago and doing it now and just having a reconciliation and we haven't seen them for years and they were the ones that pretty much ended it the the classic series and we weren't sure where they were going to go with Doctor Who and what they were going to do like they did do a really shitty 30th anniversary, which <laughs> no one likes. And but we do have an, uh, but it is what it is. And then and then New Who came back, and 
yeah, it was really something special. It was, it was this episode was really special. And all I can think was, if they do this now, what is the 60th going to be? Yeah, holy, mm. holy shit. My my mind went there as well. I'm like, how the, yeah. hell, are you, how the hell are you going to top this? Not to be crude, but they blew the load pretty early. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely they did. Yeah. Yeah, and if we're going on, like, if they were going to do this, uh, it, it was unfortunate that... Um, uh, Colin Baker didn't have that sort of thing as well. I mean, uh, mm. I suppose we could have had we could have had Perry come back, um, but she's on a different planet. And Mel, uh, not to get into the final bit, but with the companions having their sort of meet at the end was really was really cool as well. And I saw. And and Mel was in in there as well, and she was a uh, a sixth doctor, uh, sixth doctor companion as well as a seventh doctor companion, like right before. Oh, wow! Yeah, and I I can sort of see why that they didn't really do it, but it would have been nice if Perry did something like that because they didn't leave in good terms either, like. He like the doctor was taking out of time, and she was like left to her own devices and didn't know uh, what to do or anything like that. And then that that was it. So would have been nice, but well, it's always the sixtieth. Yeah, that's true. Well, can I can, can I just touch on that too? Because that raises a point that I was thinking when I was watching that those last scenes with the sort of like the companions anonymous. <laughs> um, meeting group, which I just thought was a beautiful sentiment. Um, yeah. But I, I, I did find it interesting that they didn't really seem to include any new who companions that weren't from Jodie's run. Yeah. Um, I wonder why that is, or if it's it's worth reading into at all. I don't know. I think I think this was this episode was solely for classic who. And mm. don't want to be too bogged down with with all the other companions. I mean, as I said, there's always a sixtieth, and yeah. those three episodes uh, of what they're going to do, mm. and they can come back for that. And yeah, and just think, uh, yeah, like I can name off the characters if you want. <laughs> uh, the redhead was Mal. Mm. Uh, the lady with the long white hair was uh, Joe Grant. She was a third Doctor companion. Wow. Um, hold on. Uh, what else is? Yeah, Mel, uh, Mel, Joe, uh, and the older gentleman uh, was Ian, who was a first Doctor companion, and. Seeing him back was really, really fun. Because mm. there's, there's not many, like, um, classic, uh, like, First Doctor people, like, around nowadays, but it's yeah. really, it was really cool to see him back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. And I don't suppose they're going to touch Susan at all, because cause she is maybe... 
the doctor's granddaughter, and I don't think they want to explain that <laughs> thing. Yeah. Uh, but but where she is, she is in the future, so she mm. wouldn't be nowadays. Mm. But it doesn't really make sense because Mel, the last time we saw her was on a space station. So. I know I'm selfish, but I want more. <laughs> um, well, um, I only have one thing I really that's left. I really want to discuss, and that's the regeneration. But uh, is there before we get to that grand finale of this this epic special? Is there anything else you guys want to talk about um, that you enjoyed or that's worth a quick discussion? Hmm. Um, I didn't really. I didn't read the article, but apparently this uh, won a world uh, had a world record of either companions and doctors in one <laughs> particular episode. Yeah, that that sounds about right. Because mm. <laughs> I think I think they're also cheating of having Shudi Gatwa in the <laughs> in the trailer at the end, but I don't know. I don't know, hmm. but it's, it's kind of fitting how hmm. the, the best Chipnell episode was the last. Yeah, yeah you, re- you reckon it's the best? I think it is. The entire run? Okay. Like execution and also fan service. But, yeah. hmm. It's not all fan service, but we haven't seen these characters in, in, in eons. So. Yeah, no, that's true. That's, that, that's a very, very fair point. Um, Fulio, anything, anything else about the episode you, you want to touch on before we begin to wrap up? No, I feel like if you, if you really want to understand how we're all feeling about this episode, the best way to do it is just to go watch it. Cause no amount of explanation is going to describe what this episode was and it's, and it was amazing. So I would highly recommend go see it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It was a, yeah, it, I think we can all agree it was, yeah, obviously not a, not a perfect addition to the Doctor Who canon, but a, a damn um, fantastic one at that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so um, before we close, we're going to talk about the, the, the way uh, we said goodbye to Jodie Whittaker as the Doctor. Um in a beautiful, beautiful scene uh, that starts with uh, her and, and Yaz um, and uh, and them just talking and Yaz is just trying to keep, so desperately to keep it together because <laughs> um, she knows what's going on and the Doctor knows what's going on. But, you know, and I just, there was just this one shot where they're, t- they're sitting there talking. I think it's, I, I can't, I, it might be when they're, in the TARDIS and they realize what's going on or they're sitting and eating the ice cream, looking at the earth. Um, but there's this one shot where like, you see like Jodie's reacting and she's going all like, you know, she's got like this kind of smile and awe in her face. Like she's trying to like be positive, stay positive for, for Yaz. And then you just see the way Mandip Gill just really is breaking. Like, she's just heartbroken um this look on her face of just pure like devastation and i was just like floored by the way those two women portrayed their affections for each other 
and just and their relationship and what it means to them and the fact that you know they don't get enough time to together really um so that was really emotional for me to watch and then yeah um and then of course you know I I it made made it even more sad for me when when 13 was like uh, I I think I'm gonna do this alone um I was like oh okay god damn it Um, (laughs) (laughs) that's fine but then you know we get this glorious epic scene that's just beautifully shot like the cinematography on this was just gorgeous Mm. um I loved the use of color with this like sunset and on this cliff and it just it looks so nice but you know cliffhanger yeah cliffhanger yeah <laughs> a literal cliffhanger um and yeah and you know Jody has some great dialogue as she's saying goodbye and and then uh, expecting Shruti Gatwa and it's fucking David Tennant I'm sorry <laughs> Michael was right <laughs> <laughs> Michael was right I didn't want I to be right it. I, I let out a uh, a big what the f yeah at the end when oh, I yeah. saw that and I'm like huh I my jaw was on the floor <laughs> I and I was like squealing I was like oh my god 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 I was very very happy and very very excited and yeah and uh, also just kind of yeah I don't know so curious as to how this has happened and what it means and the fact that. He's apparently the 14th Doctor, um, which means Shruti Gatwa's Doctor is going to be 15, I suppose. So, yeah. That is to be mm. seen. That is the... Yeah. I am okay. not convinced yet. Okay. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's, that is fair. That is fair. Um, it's definitely for... It's definitely for the, the, the 60th special. Yeah. Yes, which we have to yeah. wait a fucking year to watch, apparently. I'm not okay with that. Hey, you got um, some catching up to do. Well, I now is the perfect you got, time. You, well, yep. as you said, you want to dive into the classic who as well, so you got all that as well. Yes, I do. <laughs> I've got a. We've got a lot of time. A lot yep. of time. Um, but yeah, so I absolutely loved the way this episode ended. It, my first time seeing regeneration in real time happen. Oh, so yes. Yes, so that was that was very exciting for me. Although yeah, I, my forgot, own... I forgot, I actually when I gave you the the list of things that you need to watch, I purposely made not to get an a, a regeneration episode. I appreciate that, thank you. Um, although I will say it was interesting that because I thought I thought my understanding of the law was that when a doctor regenerates, their clothes stay the same; they don't change clothes. That's Is why that I'm right? skeptical. Mm. Mm. Okay. All right. We'll get into the, your thoughts in a sec. But first, Fulia. Yes. How did you feel about um, farewelling thirteen and how how she bowed out in this scene and and seeing David Tennant, surprisingly, mm-hmm. uh, in her place. Um, it was definitely an emotional to have her um, her run as the Doctor come to an end. Um, you know, it was also very touching that the doctor and Yaz had their own little sort of moment together. And, um, you know, the, the fact that they got ice cream and they were eating it on top of the TARDIS watching the earth. It was, that was very cool. Really, really awesome. Uh, and 
Yeah, just and just well, and and the fact that the doctor's holding the ice cream with the glowing hand, <laughs> mm. <laughs> regenerative the hand, yeah, yeah, the beginnings of the regeneration. Um, it, it was very, it was a very touching, it was a very touching scene, um, and yeah, I just it, it means that we're not going to be seeing Yaz anymore, which is really yeah. sad because she was an amazing companion as um i loved her from from what i've seen mm-hmm. um so much depth to that character as well mm-hmm. uh so i really enjoyed her run as the companion um yeah but then you're you you pretty much hit the nail on the head with the cinematography of this particular episode like that sunset scene was gorgeous mm. um and i really loved the colors of it of that particular scene Mm-hmm. Uh, then when they went into the regeneration and then the music swelled and uh, I was just like oh here we go here we go and then the first thing that sort of regenerates is the clothing and I'm like hold on a second why are the clothes changing uh, and then all of a sudden I see David Tennant and I was just like what the ah! what <laughs> Okay. I was, I started fist pumping the air. I was like, yeah. You said what? I was like, he said what? You say what? <laughs> uh, and I was very happy to see David Tennant because uh, out of the new Who series, he is he is definitely my favorite Doctor, um, the tenth Doctor, and it was really exciting to to see his face. But the reaction that the Doctor gave was like. Wait, I, re- I, I remember these teeth. What's going on? It's like a realization of remembering the features of that particular doctor was actually really cool as well. Mm. Um, and, you know, also very entertaining because you don't expect to regenerate back into an older form of yourself. <laughs> mm. Which was uh, which was interesting, and that, yeah, mm. my brain instantly clicked to the fact that it's definitely for the 60th special that's going to be coming up. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna get David Tennant for a season, or even even for the like whatever ep- how many ever episodes into the new season. So uh, yeah, I have a feeling it's short term, just for that special, and then we're gonna get Shudigatwa straight after. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Very good. Mm. All right, Michael, let's Hello. round up this episode. Your thoughts on the end of 13 and the beginning of 14, maybe? <laughs> okay, here's my weird rambling head going. Um, I sort of knew, and I actually said it in my reaction, that's not going to see the light of day because I, I'm, cause I don't like showing people that I cry because I am man. Uh, (laughs) When they said that in order for the Doctor within this episode, for the Doctor to go back to Jodie, they need to uh, regenerate backwards. And when they said said that, it's like, we're getting David. We are so (laughs) getting David at the end of this. (laughs) Oh, wow. Because that's what happened. That's clever. That's why I'm still sceptical if this is going to be the 14th Doctor per se and then the 15th. I think it's probably a regeneration. Mm. 
a re-regeneration, mm-hmm. uh, a backwards generation, and this has probably opened the flood doors for the Doctor to regenerate to whoever, really. So that that yeah. would be a good good storytelling device within the 60th so we can get multiple Doctors being in the same body. And we can sort of see that. And uh, also another idea that I've had because this is going to be on Disney Plus week they they're going to be re- reintroducing the doctor to a whole new audience mm. and Disney is going to go full out of uh promotion and everything so we're so we're being reintroduced to the doctor as well like this this is the doctor this is all his um his backstory within these three episodes because that's what IMDb says there's going to be three episodes of the 60th anniversary mm-hmm. because I think they're going to cram a lot of lore in Doctor Who as well as companions and uh, creatures as well. So the 60th is also going to be a huge ad for Doctor Who as well, which I love. Love mm-hmm. the fact that that's going to happen. So. Mm, yeah, so I'm thinking this is probably going to be the Doctor jumping from li- from different lives as well, which could be cool. I mean, that's what the 30th anniversary sort of did and failed <laughs> uh, of the Doctor, like jumping from different incarnations to different incarnations. But then also the, the companions were doing the same thing, even though mm. they're not a Time Lord and they can't really change their persona so you're saying that ace can change into a different companion but back then all of a sudden canines there uh yeah so it was a bit weird uh but going back to jody's last uh scenes as the doctor these were beautiful i do admire the fact that they tied it up so well with uh, yaz and the doctor that it wasn't as soppy as mm. it should be. Uh, it, it was. Uh, they were their characters, and it it was it was fitting very well. And even the ice cream on top of the TARDIS, looking at the Earth, it was, it was such a beautiful shot. Like throughout this is such a beautiful shot. Like mm. uh, say what you will about uh, Jodie's tenure as the the Doctor, but the visuals within. Um, the Thirteenth Doctor's episodes were very, very good, fantastic, like all around. It was, it was just a shame that the scripts were up to par, but that's here or there. Mm. Um, but I will say, Jodie's last words were so, was so her character, her so her Doctor. It, it was just Chef's kiss. That was, mm. that was good. Tag you're it, and she did it with a smile. And yeah. that's what that's what Jody's uh Jody's doctor was. Just the just the smile and such just bubbly and and, and just great. It, it wasn't just soulful and it was so much positivity as well. Yeah. yeah. Not like other doctors where where they were just sad to go. It's like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> but but this one it was completely different and was great. And then Yeah, and the regeneration was, was beautiful, just on the top of a cliff top. Um, uh, and one of the rarities of uh, a regeneration outside of the TARDIS uh, where it wasn't in the TARDIS because usually they want to destroy the set of previous Doctors and make their own sort of thing. Oh, okay. So they may keep 
uh, the interior as it is, or they're going to change it, or they're going to change it within the six years, like you know, like different sort of eras, and that 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 will be interesting and cool. Mm. So they probably stick with that. I don't know. Uh, and the regeneration uh, from Jody to tenth Doctor point two. Mm. Uh, with regeneration of clothes as well, I have a sneaky suspicion that this regeneration was tampered with, and that would be the big bad. Mm, okay, that would make sense. Mm. Yeah. So could that have something to do with whoever Neil Patrick Harris is playing in the anniversary specials? Yes, a lot of people are th- thinking it's going to be the Celestial Toymaker, which is a an old timey villain from from first doctor run where where um he is essentially do you know the concept of q in star trek um yeah i know of the character but i don't really know much about him essentially like a godlike being that can manipulate his surroundings his surroundings and essentially uh, yeah, essentially he's a god and he likes to make mischief and all, and all that. So mm. one of the big theories is he's the toy maker, but still needs clarification. But And right. maybe this, this is like a huge uh, game and we're, we're going to see different different things coming in and, and all that. So that's why I'm thinking it's probably going to be um, something else mm. instead of an actual... The, uh, David Tennant is the tenth and the fourteenth Doctor, just, mm. and yeah, it'll be the first and hopefully the last. <laughs> <laughs> um, but overall, it was a good cliffhanger mm. set set on a cliff for it to catapult straight into the sixtieth anniversaries of the diamond jubilee <laughs> yes definitely definitely 10 um, out of 10 10 Would out recommend. of 10 yes yes well i feel like uh uh it was very appropriate just to uh kind of end this whole thing with uh this the little teaser that they showed and just for the first time we see shooty gut where is the doctor and his his line is what the hell is going on here? Uh, I think that sums it up quite nicely. Hold on, hold on. There was a little thing at the end. It wasn't on. I've, I don't think it was on iView, but it was. Because I missed that. It was released. It was released on the internet. Yeah, it's like a thirty second. I haven't seen it. Okay, it's I like, have no idea. Okay, it's like a thirty second tease, and it just sh- okay. it shows a bunch of images and clips from the specials, um, and it shows you our first look at Shooty Gutwa as the Doctor and. He's he's yeah. He basically says, "What the hell is going on?" Okay. Yeah, and he looks a bit frustrated. Yeah. So uh, there's a shot of the Doctor. There's a shot of Donna and Shooty Gatwa. Yeah, but we know nothing. We know nothing. We know nothing. Yes. All right. I think that's going to wrap it up for us um, for this epic episode. I knew it was going to be a long one, um, <laughs> but a, a good one nonetheless. So uh, that's our thoughts on uh, Doctor Who, The Power of the Doctor. Goodbye, Jodie Whittaker. Um, We will definitely miss her. At least I will. It's my first kind of 
intro to Doctor Who. <laughs> Far away. Um, so she she's your first Doctor. She's technically my first Doctor, I would say, yeah. <laughs> very, very, very cool. Um, but yeah, yeah. So hope you guys enjoyed listening, watching. Um, before we wrap up completely, though, we have a couple of things to plug. Uh, from me... There is a new episode of Fred Watch about to drop for Halloween. It may have dropped at the time mm. of uh, that you, you're listening to this, because uh, because this this episode's this episode's also going out at uh, uh, on Halloween. So um, yeah, Wayne and I uh, got together and recorded our thoughts on the original uh, film adaptation of Firestarter. Uh, so, um, get a look at that. So we had a lot of fun, um, recording that episode. So, uh, and it was good to finally, uh, get back to podcasting with Wayne after a a little, a little break. So yeah, um, please check that out. It was a good one as usual. Fulia, what do you have for us? There is a new monthly at Winifred's available for your ears. Yes. Go check it out. Kendall and I uh, discussed our thoughts and ranked the phase four. Phase four. Phase four MCU shows. Mm-hmm. Um, from our least favorite to our most favorite. Um, almost, almost similar, I must say. Yeah, we Almost were. Similar. Yeah, there were a few differences, but we were very close. Yeah, in how we ranked everything. So uh, check out the monthly if you want to find out um, how alike Folia and I are and our opinions of uh, of this. Yes, it was a very fun discussion. I really enjoyed it. So yeah, same. Um, it was great. Definitely, definitely go check it out if you're uh, one of those people who has watched all of the MCU shows of Phase Four. Yes. <laughs> Like we have to. <laughs> like we, we have to. We have. We want to. to. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you say it like it's a chore. Come on. <laughs> no. <laughs> I wouldn't anyway. mind just watching Doctor Who for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> over and over again. Over and over and over again. Yes. All right. Um, that's it from us. Um, let's let's roll on out of here, shall we? Sure. Yes. And, and that, that, that was, was, a was a podcast called, called Fred. Remember to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest Fred content. If you'd like to listen to Freddy Alien, you can find us on SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. If you'd like to watch Fred the Alien, you can head over to youtube.com forward slash Fred the Alien Productions. And if you're watching the video right now, make sure to like it, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell icon to be notified of future videos. And if you're over on Twitch, please give us a follow, twitch.tv forward slash Fred the Alien Twitch. I've been a Kendall Richardson. I've been a Fulia Kantaramaju. And I've been a Michael Lister. Not crying and not crying at all. It's just raining, Michael Lister. (laughs) (laughs) And And you you just just experienced a podcast 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 called Friend. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. Remember to eat beef. Yes. Yes. 
Freddy lives, Loki dies. The doctor is in and out, and in and out, and in and out. <laughs> David Tennant, what are you doing here? <laughs> uh, good stuff. Look after yourself and your mental health, everyone. Yes. Yes, please do. Ladies, gators. Bye bye. And, and see. see.